Welcome to another edition of Beckett Radio. I'm your host, Derek Ficken. I am finally back and rested from a long week at the Industry Summit in Las Vegas. I had a lot of fun. It was my first time in Vegas, first time at the Industry Summit. I learned a lot. I met a lot of awesome people, and some of those people are going to be featured on this edition of Beckett Radio this week. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to get the show ready for you guys on Thursday because, you know, it was absolutely crazy here at the office. So I decided to take a day off and come back on Friday, give you a happy Friday episode. Uh, I, I was uh, I was in good spirits, but uh, you would have not wanted to hear how I sounded yesterday. I was absolutely exhausted from the long week, and so I'm I'm refreshed, ready to go for a good Friday, a good weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, we have a lot lined up for you. Uh, Kevin Isaacson of the Industry Summit came on to talk uh, between, I think it was Monday and Tuesday, and uh, we got him on the middle of the conference to talk about how it was going. We also had Kelsey Schroyer of ESPN Mint Condition talk about some just general hobby news and, and topics that was um, just a lot of fun to talk to him about. He was also busy getting coverage from ESPN on, on some interviews and stuff. So check it out at ESPN Mint Condit for all that good stuff. Uh, we also had a couple of Panini employees coming in to talk to us. David Porter, the basketball product development guy with Panini, as well as, of course, the man and the legend, Tracy Hackler. They joined us to talk about some great, interesting basketball products that are coming out soon, including Panini Threads, which is a retail-only exclusive. Exclusive with Target. Also, if you had a Mount Rushmore of, of individuals in the hobby, in hobby history, this person would be on it. Mr. Mike Burkus, the director of the National Sports Card Convention. He joins us, and we had a lot of fun talking to him. And uh, there's there's some news that, that there are some rumors going around uh, of, of some interesting stuff for the National Convention. I'm not going to tease it quite yet. We're going to hold on to that until the time gets closer. Uh, so, so stay tuned for that but it's a great interview from from Mike Burkus and um, Bryce Carson this was an interesting interview so Bryce Carson he's from Trophy Box Cards check him out trophyboxcards.com they have an interesting spin on case breaks and group breaks uh, it's it's not your typical case break where you buy a team slot and and you open a case and if you get a team you know there you go if you don't get any uh, you're out of luck he has an interesting take on it and involves fantasy drafting so check that out uh, the interview is great check him out trophyboxcards.com and at trophyboxcards on Twitter. Uh, Mike Guttenberg of Bullpen 2.0 out in Southern California. He's, he's a hobby dealer. He's a mastermind of gaming and non-sports. He had a guy, his name was Koala, who absolutely knew everything there is to know about gaming. So we're going to get uh, in touch with him to talk about some gaming here in the near future with our expert, Matt Bible, here at Beckett. Have some fun with that. But the interview is awesome. And last but not least, probably my most favorite interview, um, other than having Evan Mathis, the Philadelphia Eagles player, uh, one of my most favorite interviews, the Benchwarmer Girls. We had four of them. Okay, they, they had a nice presence at the Industry Summit. We had Lisa, Jessica, Mallory, and Raquel. Uh, Raquel was, uh, I'm pretty sure playmate of the year. She was on the cover of a lot of playboys. Uh, Jessica Kinney has been all over the place 
Mallory is a huge gaming. Uh, she's a huge gaming girl who who was interested in cosplay, uh, Sailor Moon, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and uh, and Lisa who who is a bench warmer veteran. If you're a, a fan of bench warmer, you have seen Lisa uh, in that. So I had a lot of fun talking to them. I was. Honestly, I was surprised at how much knowledge they had about the hobby and how much fun they had with Benchwarmer. So that's an interview not to miss, and we're going to have some fun checking that out again. But uh, let's start it off right, and we're going to do Mr. Tracy Hackler of Panini. He's just going to talk, and we'll let you guys listen. So here is the Industry Summit, uh, I guess, conclusion show on Beckett Radio. And uh, yeah. So on this special edition of Beckett Radio, live at the Industry Summit, we have, like I always say, the man, the <laughs> legend and not the myth, Mr. Tracy Hackler. Tracy, what's going on? Hey, Derek. What's happening, man? Yeah. Thanks for having, yeah, having so me on. You have a little blazer. or I don't know. <laughs> it's a little shiny. So maybe uh, a tuxedo. Uh, I don't you know. Know. No, it's not a tuxedo. Okay. Um, well. <laughs> that's only for people that who win on the on the tables. Okay. And that's not me. But that, yeah. But <laughs> what you, you need to paint the full picture though, and under the tu- under the jacket okay. there's a rated rookie St. Patrick's Day yeah, shirt. Yeah, and so see, I, I'm not wearing any green, so I hope no one pinches me because yeah. I'll quickly punch him in the face. <laughs> uh, I don't believe in that. But uh, you know, let's just get your overall thoughts about the summit so far. How, how's it going on the Panini side? You know, it's going really well. I mean, this is a a, a, a very important event for us. Mm-hmm. Um, it allows us. A, a great opportunity to meet with uh, a lot of our business partners, yeah. distributors, you guys, of course, a lot of the hobby shops and uh, our league partners, mm-hmm. and we look forward to this event every year for that reason, and also to to kind of share uh, details on some things that we have coming up in the future. And, yeah, and obviously it means a lot to us, and we we uh, take great pride in in trying to quote unquote steal the show every year. Yeah. Now you mentioned you know this is a great platform to meet with you know business partners and stuff like that uh you know and this is my first summit and the national was my first national too i was expecting something like the national Mm -hmm. and this is completely different yeah (laughs) so in your mind what's you know what's kind of the main difference between the national and the summit you know both are are extremely important events for us the national obviously is more of a collector uh, centric group Mm -hmm. Uh, obviously there is some business that gets transacted and discussed at the the national but it's more of a kind of just getting to put names with faces of people that who collect your cards who you might tweet back and forth throughout the year you see them on facebook or or whatever and they and there's a lot of there's a lot of fun to that obviously the VIP party for us course, at the yeah. National is, is a, a big way to engage kind of the end consumer. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a lot of the, the same distributor partners and league partners are there as well. But And then you come to the Summit, which is a lot more business-focused. A lot of people who, who have a lot vested in, in what we're doing kind of keep us updated on how their year was mm-hmm. and the good, the bad, and how we can accentuate the good and how we can improve the bad. Or, yeah. uh, um, we get a lot of that feedback here, yeah. and it's candid and um no punches are pulled and we need to hear those things yeah um we vow every year and we do this every year we just go back and and take the feedback that we receive here mm-hmm. and try to improve uh so news dropped with uh the dallas cowboys back home and des bryant yeah is uh, officially with panini <laughs> that's pretty big yeah that's a big that's a big deal for us obviously we, uh i mean he's one of the most dynamic players in all of football of course yeah. certainly at the receiver position yeah. and you know having the 
being the exclusive game war memorabilia partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and then the opportunity to add Des Bryant to a Panini <laughs> Authentic stable yeah. um, that is growing on the football side. Obviously, mm-hmm. it launched with a lot of basketball superstars, mm-hmm. um, with Kobe Bryant, Blake Griffin, Kevin Durant, John Wall, and now we've added uh, over the last few years Andrew Luck yeah. and Johnny Manziel, and now Des Bryant to have those those guys kind of bolster our football side of things yeah. is, is uh, rewarding for us. And Dez obviously is in our backyard. He's from yeah. the area. Yeah. We've worked with him since uh, the 2010 NFLPA rookie premiere. And okay, yeah. We've been as uh, drop-jawed as everyone else who sees <laughs> his uh, what yeah. he does on the field. So yeah. the opportunity to, to add him um, as an exclusive member of the Panini America and Panini Authentic family, is, it's a big deal for us, and we're looking forward to it. Yeah. Now, I, I just got to ask, was it a catch? I mean, I know you're a Broncos fan, but was <laughs> it a catch? You know, I got to say, yeah. Okay. Uh, if you would have asked me that maybe two or three days ago, yeah. I may have had a different answer. <laughs> but, <laughs> but absolutely, it was a catch. Well, I hope Dez is listening because, you know, we, we, we love Dez. I'm a Niner fan, but, you know, you got to give it up to the to the ex. That, yeah. that dude is a freak. Throwing uh, the ex up. Hey, look, it's Mike Payne. He, a, might, he <laughs> might do a guest appearance here on Beckett Radio. Mike, what are your thoughts on uh, Dez Bryant and Please talk into the mic. Oh, oh, oh. Well, okay. <laughs> We've been We'd, preempted. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it he, is a, Mike. Yeah. Mike Payne is just Heisman. It is. Yeah. So, uh, I am just Beckett Radio, <laughs> and they are ESPN. But <laughs> so you guys have the big corporate address, mm-hmm. uh, and can you kind of give us a few teasers on on some breaking news? That will go down with Panini? You know, I don't know that that we have any breaking news this year other than kind of highlighting the year that was. Okay. It's going to be a, a, a maybe more so than in years past. It's going to be more product specific. Yeah. A lot of the product development guys over there are going to be uh, handling a lot of that. Mm-hmm. But in terms of just overarching uh, points, I think the Panini Rewards Program is going to be a big part of the presentation. That yeah. That's uh, launched last summer. We actually... Uh, first announced the idea of the Panini Rewards platform yeah. uh, at the Industry Summit last year. Okay, yeah. Launched a site in the summer, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, it's a it's a, an in-progress thing, but it's really gained a lot of steam over the last uh, several months Yeah. with new inventory additions and uh, the addition of uh, uh, some of the higher-end stuff, immaculate football mm-hmm. that's newer. So that's really gaining steam. Yeah. I think people are starting to see the real <laughs> beauty of that program and the mm-hmm. flexibility and the, the freedom it offers the consumer to use your points however you want. And one of the things that we're really excited about is uh, we mentioned it last year, but we're going to start adding more unique items, uncut sheets, Mm -hmm. blow up cards, uh, one of a kind experiences to to meet players or go to rookie photo shoots and those types of things will start to be added. Yeah. Um, So that's one of the the key points of the address. We will touch on our uh, upcoming licensed collegiate trading card products, including 2015 Contenders Draft Picks, which is uh, steadfastly in the works and and looks great. I think there'll be a few kind of sneak previews of some of the first official cards out of the, that product. Yeah. And then obviously we'll, I'm sure we'll field some questions on, uh, on different aspects of what we're doing. Yeah. But I mean, the, the, our Tuesday corporate address obviously is earmarked by black boxes. Of course. But, but, um, it's a, a real uh, opportunity for us to kind of specify what we do, how the year was, Mm -hmm. highlight the points that maybe tend to get lost when you leave here and the day-to-day starts and yeah. y- you get back into your normal routine. Yeah. Now, uh, I'm trying to get David Porter on. Um, oh, yeah. And I, I'm, I can't seem to find him. Is but he a tough kid? I know where he, he is. He is. Can, oh, yeah? Rob knows where he is, too. 
I, I honestly, he's here. Oh uh, yeah, I, he might still be uh, on on the strip. Um, no, 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 he's here. He's, he's here because okay. I run over in the cab with him. Okay, so well, good, good. Um, but I want to talk about Panini Threads because mm-hmm. uh, if I'm not mistaken, that's going to be the next retail only Target exclusive. Yes. yes. Okay, so obviously. Since that's the next retail exclusive, it seems like Prestige Basketball did pretty well mm-hmm. for Target. So should we be looking at more retail-only Target exclusive type products outside of basketball? Um, that's a good question. Cool. Uh, I'm glad I, I did a good uh, question, Crazy. <laughs> I don't I – don't, well, you have a lot of good questions Thank there, you. You but, know, uh, thanks. You hear that, Rob? It's a mutual yeah. admiration society <laughs> over here. Um, yeah, you, you know, I think a lot of that will depend on how the how these first wave of basketball products do. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I think Prestige did well. Yeah. And again, it was a thing where uh, people needed time to kind of warm up to it. Yeah. Um, there, there, there obviously are no shortage of NBA products from us, mm-hmm. and there was some some criticism early on that we were taking a product away from the the hobby shop. Yeah. And we understand that. But yeah. There, again, if you want Panini NBA products in your hobby store, there are many many options and uh, but the feedback that we've received on the retail side has been really really positive yeah the different configurations of the of the SKUs gives the retail consumer flexibility mm-hmm. threads is a uh, a pretty popular brand for us yeah that that was absent from the market last year mm-hmm. and th- there's been a lot of excitement about it coming back and I know target seems to be really happy with what we're doing and there's some unique aspects of threads like voices of the game autographs and the leather rookie cards that that are exclusive to the the premium version of the product whereas the the wood rookie cards are mm-hmm. in the the uh, blaster configuration so there's yeah. a lot there's a lot of chase elements that if you want to complete the set you got to buy all the all the SKUs yeah you know and the voices of the game um, little insert you know hits uh, when you guys posted that on the blog that you know being a, a broadcasting dude that's that's kind of the, the thing that I'm gonna try and go for you know with Ernie Johnson and and uh, I mean Chris Weber, who I'm a yeah. huge fan of, you know, and all you know, Kenny Smith, all them. So that's when I saw that, I was like, cool, I'm in. Well, we <laughs> you talked know? to your agent, but you weren't available. You, oh, uh, you know, you're, you're working. Uh, I, I got a talk, bit you know, higher autograph rate than what we're accustomed to. So I, you know, I might have to talk to my agent and lower those prices because yeah, yes. uh, I, I haven't heard from him. So that's very shocking. <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah, uh, uh, we might have to uh, find someone else. Maybe it was the wrong agent. Maybe. Yeah, I I, I used to have a couple. Uh, because I, I do so much at Beckett, I have like two or three. I mean, there's an analyst role. There's the, yeah. the voice role. Yeah, and, no, and no, then no, auctions with Rob. We, you know, he, but he's probably the best out of the three. So I'll, yeah, you know, no question. But it's only because he's sitting next to me. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, Tracy, you know, I appreciate it, and uh, I just want to say the I got some of the cards with this morning's little um, of oh, the NBA breakfast. breakfast. Yeah, yeah, and these hot rookie cards are, are pretty sweet. Yeah, those are um, really nice. So they're. They're a little thicker than the normal, and <laughs> and the. Uh, I thought they were two <laughs> cards stuck together, and I. Think I hope I, you didn't find out the hard way. Yeah, I think I messed one up, and I'm kind of upset about it, but it's okay. Uh, but and, they still look great. And those are those are preview kind of previews of the NBA starting five uh, hobby shop makeover promotion okay. that will run uh, over the next several weeks. Nice. And, so someone as part of that promotion, a hobby shop, is going to win a $75,000 hobby shop makeover. So, Oh, wow. Just for having your consumers buy Panini and Bay products. So that's yeah, yeah. exciting. Well, that's cool. Yeah, hopefully. I don't know. I, I posted a couple pictures on, on Beckett Media's Twitter, and uh, people went nuts for them. Oh, and cool. so maybe I can grab a few packs to sure. give away. So, yeah, uh, that would be cool. But, uh, Tracy, I'm looking forward to the rest of the day and a little bit of Wednesday. See yes. what, what you guys have planned and uh, – it's going to be a lot of fun. Yes, sir. But like always, 
Thank you. Hey, thank you for having yeah. me on. And uh, I'm going to go try to see if I can wrangle up David Porter for you. Yeah, yeah. Let me know. All right. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> all right. We'll see you. All right, brother. Thanks. Shout out to Tracy Hackler. One of my favorite guys saw him at the airport uh, leaving uh, Vegas, and I was absolutely exhausted. And I felt bad because, I, you know, I was kind of in and out, not of consciousness, <laughs> but I was just in and out of being coherent to where I was I was a happy individual, and then I was just an exhausted individual. So uh, shout out to him and, uh, and David Sharp of Panini. Saw those guys at the airport. Super awesome people over there. And uh, let's, let's keep the ball rolling and go over to ESPN Mint Condition with Kelsey Schroyer. Uh, he has a lot to say about really everything. Great guy to talk to. Uh, and, yeah, so here you go. Here's Kelsey. All right, so uh, we have another uh, special guest. Special. Uh, special edition, I guess. Uh, I won't say special guest. He is a guest. No, he's a, he's a good friend of the show. Yeah. <laughs> Kelsey of ESPN Mint Condition. Kelsey, what's going on? Uh, not much, Derek. How are you doing today? You know, I, I'm extremely tired, but, hey, I think that's the norm for everyone here. Yeah, I mean, East, East Coast to West Coast, the time difference is not a lot of fun. Yeah, and even with going from Dallas to Vegas, it, it's not a lot of fun, you know. Uh, but, you know, I'm glad I'm here. You are getting ready for a massive film session tomorrow. Yeah, we're, as it sits now, I actually just sent out the scripts. Uh, we're having Prim Sarip have had do our interviews for us. For those of you who don't know her, she actually has a national radio show of Sarah Spain. She's been on SportsCenter a bit lately. Mm. She's done a lot of our Mint Condition interviews. Yeah. We currently have, I think, between like 9 and 14 segments lined up for tomorrow, so a wow. lot of stuff for Mint Condition content. But, I mean, that's one of the nice things about the summit for us is, is again, nothing against the national, but it's a little easier because we can knock out the business a little easier. Exactly. You can snag people because they're yeah. not dealing with pack redemptions yeah, left and, and right. Yeah, and I feel like for the national convention, you have manufacturers and, and companies like that focusing their attention on the collectors well as it should be yeah the nationals the show I, I call the national the comic-con of the sports card industry <laughs> yeah. it's the one it's as far as i know i mean the hugest sports card collector gathering so yeah. that's the company's number one concern is they want to make the customers happy they want to make sure they're showing off all their stuff for the rest of the year yeah. and beyond yeah so it should be the focus should be on the collectors yeah and you know i talked to mr mike burkus the the man behind the the national and uh you know he he was talking to me about some plans that is already hopefully in motion i'm super excited for it you know i'm i'm getting ready even though it's not in cleveland i love cleveland but uh chicago is pretty darn uh awesome i was at the chicago show two years ago and full disclosure i've been to the last three chicago is probably my least favorite but yeah and i i you told me that i think uh yesterday and i'm surprised why everyone says chicago's awesome so the city itself was funny I, mean, I don't know what it was i mean baltimore in 2012 to me was a really really good show the first, yeah. maybe, maybe it's because it was my first year there yeah but i yeah. don't know chicago <laughs> just felt like almost like it was a darker the mood wasn't as good i don't know maybe yeah. it was just me but yeah. i mean there, we, we did see some really cool stuff there i remember we yeah. did a show with uh we did a couple things with heritage one things they actually had michael jordan's birth certificate up for all that's they sold weird the, they <laughs> that's sold cool for like 30 grand, I think, somewhere around that. They actually had a Shoeless Joe Jackson autograph out of one of Historic's products. I think that sold yeah. for about 27 grand. Wow. And we saw some really cool we, we saw some really cool stuff. I actually got to interview Jerry Lucas while we were there about his nice. memorabilia collection. Yeah. So we got a lot of great stuff. I just don't know. Maybe it was just I mean, I was just in a bad mood that weekend. Honestly, well, no, <laughs> I, was, I couldn't yeah, tell you. Were you having a bad day? I mean, you I don't know. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the national, the national is what it is. It's our, yeah. it's our biggest gathering. I of mean, course. It's, it's funny because we were talking about, Mike was talking about the national earlier today at the presentation earlier this morning. Yeah. And he's talking about me I mean, trying to make it big, trying to keep it relevant and everything else. And you almost think it's a shame we, just because the scope of the show probably prevents it from doing so. But imagine if you could do like two of them a year or what have you. I mean, yeah. it'd be amazing to see what you could really do, like one in the spring or of course. even one in the fall. But yeah. I mean, you know, I, I feel like, you know, the decline in, in card shows has definitely hurt the hobby, you know, but 
it is what it is. I mean, you can only do so much with what you have. You know what I mean? I think with things going more digital and more into the internet realm, you don't really uh, expect card shows, you know, because you have Dave and Adams and Blowout where you can just buy it online and you can sit on your butt at home and, you know, get it there. Uh, but, but I don't know. But you know what, though? I mean, I think surprisingly, Connecticut actually has probably about at least four or five good monthly shows, which I was really surprised about yeah. when I moved up there. Because even Pennsylvania and Pittsburgh, you don't see that many big shows there anymore. Yeah. I think the and that's crazy because Steel City's, up, you know, and, and they got a big, crazy following up there, you know. I mean, it's saying you used to see a lot of bigger shows in the Pittsburgh area. Now the Robert Moore show in the, I think it's in May, is about the only big show that's really left in the area, which is sad because you used to see at least two or three big shows yeah. there a year. But with Connecticut, I mean, the one thing I'll say about shows, I mean, I say this to everyone, you can still get some really great deals at shows. Maybe boxes-wise, I mean, that is what it is dealing with online pricing. But yeah. Buying single cards, I bought some great things at shows. I mean, five dollar deals, two dollar. I got a, I got a Rex Grossman autograph. <laughs> for basically, a dollar. I don't know why. Well, I was gonna say why. <laughs> I don't know why, okay. but it was a really cool. I think it was from Upper Deck. I want to say Artifacts from a couple years ago. Right. But a nice, beautiful autograph. Yeah. But like, I got a Kyle Lowry auto for like two dollars. A nice Upper Deck card. Yeah. It's, that's listen. It's a fun way to kill a couple hours. You talk to some people you know. I mean, and you, you search. I mean, I used to. I've done a lot of minor league in-person collecting over the last couple of years. I've slowed down a little bit now, but that's yeah. what I would do. I would go look for cards. When I went to spring training a couple of times, mm -hmm. I would spend a couple hours and more hours than I care to admit, and much to my wife's chagrin, yeah. I'd be flipping through boxes looking for cards of guys I needed to get signed. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's, I mean, you hear a lot about you don't get kids, and I've seen people do things. Like I've, A show I went to was like, hey, you pay a dollar admission fee, you get a random autograph or a memorabilia card. Mm -hmm. I got like a... I think a David DeLucci autograph number to th like you know two ninety nine or whatever. It's David DeLucci, but it's still yeah. something to bring you in the door. Yeah, yeah. I love it when shows. I, I know the White Plains guys do this a lot in New York. You come in, you have a chance to get a free autograph of a guy like a Big McBride or yeah. you know a Paul Blair. You know those guys of that caliber. Yeah. It's like you know what? That's a nice addition. I mean, even if it's not the biggest name, but I've seen even some of the, uh, for lack of a better term, lower tier Hall of Famers go, and that's that's great. That's what helps get people in the door because it gives them a, it gives them a reason to come. Exactly, it gives them a reason to come in the door. Yeah. Now uh, let's go back to the summit and talk about one of the, uh, I guess, uh, I don't know, not I, I'll say presentations. Uh, one that I really wanted to go to and I didn't was Brian Gray slash Leafs uh, little thing. And so you were there. So can you kind of give us a little insight on what exactly went down? Maybe some, you know, special news that, that came out of it? Uh, a couple things news-wise, at least, that I found cool. Yeah. Brian was talking about a little bit. Brian purposely kept it brief to the company's upcoming products. Yeah. Just so he could give people a chance to ask questions. Uh, one th thing I thought was cool is in one of the wrestling products, you're here saying they're going to do cut autographs of Andre the Giant, which you almost never see Andre the Giant autographs. Yeah. I think that'll be cool. He announced they've got Roger Federer to do more autographs, which he basically called as a small miracle. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was very impressed. This is the first time I've had to really listen to Brian Gray do an extended speech. I mm -hmm. came away very impressed. I mean, yeah. people, Brian may still be the most polarizing person in the industry, One of the, certainly one of the most, if not yeah. the most. But I've told people, I was like, listen, I mean, say whatever you want about them, but they come out with compelling products. They load them up with good people. Yeah. And then one of the last talks they talked about was the licenses, because that's always been one of the big knocks against Leaf is, yeah. hey, the cards are cool, but collectors don't buy them secondarily because they're not licensed. And yep. he was like, at one point he was making, it's like, look, I get the argument for the licenses, but the thing is, at the end of the day, would you rather pay the extra 30 40% to get a card of a guy with a logo or would you rather just have the guy? And that's It's a reasonable argument, I think. I mean, especially, I mean, I'm a big autograph collector myself. And as a secondary buyer or collector, I'd personally rather have the autograph. Now, if you're looking more towards value in the current market setting place, yeah. the logos do carry a little more weight. But at the end of the day, it's like, why? I remember a couple of years ago, I bought a I bought a Pedro Martinez autograph. I think it was Leaf Best of Baseball. Mm. And this is when Pedro stuff, it was rare to find it for under 35 40 bucks. I think I paid 25 30 bucks for it. I was oh, happy uh, to pay it. Yeah. 
I mean, that's the thing. It provides good, especially good secondary options. But even box options, I mean, a lot of Leafs stuff moves fairly well, and people are usually fairly happy yeah. with it. I mean, Brian's done a great job with the pre-draft products over the last couple of years, getting those guys in there, being... And look, Brian's not afraid to... I think one of the things I appreciate the most after listening to Brian today or just talking to him in general is just his honesty and his candor. Yeah. I mean, he says, hey, I've got nothing to hide. I'm not going to pull any punches. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm here to do this for the collectors. And that's that's kind of was his overlying message today is like you have to fight for your consumers. You yeah. have to fight for your customers because if you don't, nobody else is going to do it. Yeah, and, and, you know, that's a cool thing. And we I've gotten him on twice, I think, in, in the span of a year with Beckett Radio. And it's always fun to hear just what he has to say. And I just want to sit back and just listen. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to talk to him. I just want to hear what he has to say, just topical wise. You know, what 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 is it is in is in his mind with the with the hobby. You know, what's pissing him off? What is he happy about? You know, uh, not just about his company, you, but you know others. What? You know. You know what? To Brian's credit, he credited some of the other companies. Like he was talking about one thing people asked him about. Like, will Leaf do a soccer only product? He's like, yeah. honestly, no. Yeah. I think Panini does. He said, I think Panini does a great job. But there's no reason to do it because there's already another company doing a great job of it. Yeah. And, it's funny because you don't hear all the companies kind of compliment their competition like yeah. that. And, and I, I think he does that because, like you said, he's just honest, you know, and he's not just in it to make his company look good. You well, know? the thing is, from even if you're competing with people from a business standpoint, you can admire what other people do because it's like, you know what, you did a great job with this. I mean, I've, I've got to give yeah. you credit. Yeah. I and mean, that's the one thing I wish. You hear people who naysay the hobby, and whoop. Right, rightfully so in a lot yeah, of cases. Of course. But sometimes you're going to be like, so you don't have anything positive. I mean, I said, I can, there are plenty of things that I do think are wrong with the hobby need to be fixed, but there are plenty of things going on in the hobby that are good, too. And that's the yeah. thing. You have people who just naysay and, <laughs> and complain about over yeah. again. It's like, so you're telling me you don't have one good thing you can say about the hobby. Yeah. Like, I, I just, I refuse to believe. I mean, again, yeah. a lot of problems, a lot of things. I think tomorrow with... You know, Panini's address, up, mm-hmm. Upper Deck's address. I mean, I think you're going to hear some... I think there's going to be some tension there. I won't be surprised because, I mean, there have been some problems with some releases recently, especially on the game use side, yeah. that have collectors, again, rightfully stewing. Yeah. Like, wondering, like, what's going on here? We're paying mm-hmm. all this money for high-end products, and we're not getting the card you're telling us we're getting. And the only yeah. thing is, the only reason it got exposed was some collectors... I remember getting tweets about that saying, hey, make condition, what's up with this car? Like, why is it... I, I freely admit, I'm sorry to admit this, I was a little skeptical at first because you get yeah. so, you get so used to people complaining. You don't know if they're doing it just to get publicity. But to these collectors' credits, they were right. Yeah, and they exposed. They exposed. They they put the pressure on and they said, "Hey, what's going on here?" And Panini, to their credit, came out saying, "Hey, we made the error. We're going to do everything we can to fix this." But again, though, when you're spending that kind of money for those products and you're making mistakes, and you can under I can understand mistakes are going to happen. You've got thousands upon billions of cards. They're going to happen every now and then, especially because yeah. you have such a process from card start to card finish. Of course, yeah. But the thing is, that first bout of mistakes kind of opened the floodgates to green. Just you see more and more coming out, and you're yeah. like, just how widespread is it? Yeah. Because that's the thing. How many unopened boxes are out there of more errors? And the yeah. thing is, like, what's yeah. It just kind of makes you wonder how far the rabbit hole goes in some cases. Of course. Now, uh, let, let's get your take on some of the smaller group sessions that were going on earlier today. Uh, I, there were sports-specific ones uh, with basketball. I was in the basketball one, and there was like 10 people, but it was great. You know, we talked about you know what Panini and Upper Deck uh, did well and what they sh- missed. I guess, uh, and maybe what a wish list, you know, of things that they can, you know, do. Uh, but what I, did you do any of the sport ones or? I didn't do any of the sports sessions just because I was busy running scripts and getting stuff ready for tomorrow. But I did yeah. go to the Meet the Industry ones That's, earlier okay, today. Okay, yeah. And what did you think about those? 
Honestly, I mean, I have to admit, because the last two years I've covered the summit, I've been busy filming or doing other yeah. obligations, so I haven't, been, I haven't been able to really go around and attend the sessions like I was able to today. And honestly, it was it was really, I want to say refreshing and really neat, too, just to hear people talk about because that's the thing. You know, with the world of online breaking, online stores, it almost gets lost in the shuffle just how important brick-and-mortar stores are. And I, be, I believe that's not just cliche. It's not just no, preaching yeah. gospel. Make having a nice hobby shop, it's big. I've got a friend of mine in Connecticut who owns a shop, and I like going there and just talking with him, shooting yeah. the breeze. And that's one thing that was touched on the panel this morning is or even in the the specific session yeah the industry is like making your card shop a, a destination place i mean some, yeah. and saying comes some card shop owners i was in the group were saying look we've already got that we've got a lot of loyal customers and everything else but we're still dealing with them pulling out their smartphones and saying well pay you know online retailer a has this box for 20 dollars cheaper what yeah. do you do exactly and it sticks most of them are like how are we supposed to make a living on that exactly. like we're barely making margins and that's the yeah. thing it's you know it's one of those cases of some some of the naysayers are all it's all about the money but in these people's cases like hey this is their lives we're trying to feed our families we're yeah. trying to pay our staff and yes yeah. My heart goes out to them because it's like, what do you? They're the ones who are really, really trying hard. And it's like people, some people are saying about online breaking. I think this might have been said in Bride Session, actually. You've got a good online breaker. And again, online breaking's turned into this major competitive thing. People trying to get their customers, a lot of entities out there, a lot of good ones, but also some bad ones. Yeah. But the thing about all you need to online break really is you just need the product. The, mm -hmm. I think there's a license involved. And you just need a webcam and an internet connection. You don't you don't have to have employees. You don't have to pay rent on a store. I mean, you can literally do it out of your own base. Of it. And a lot of these people, they do it. They do it out of their rooms. They have a nice backdrop. They make it yeah. look good. <laughs> yeah. And that's, <laughs> it, it makes me wonder where it's going to go eventually. Because I, I, it's one of those things where it, I feel like something's going to happen where it's, it's I don't know if you could ever truly regulate it because that's such an individualized thing. Yeah. Because you hear the horror stories out breaking. Like, I remember seeing some person mess, I think it was on Twitter, actually say, I saw a group breaker once during an online break pull a card and actually put the card in his pocket and keep it. Really? And you hear that, unfortunately. Yeah. You have a lot of these two-bit breakers who are just trying to make a quick buck. Wow. And then you've got the guys, you know, the long-standing ones who've really tried to build it up. I mean, when you look at, like, David Abs and Blowout and Steel City and those bigger, you know, those bigger online retailers, they're doing it, too, because the... I think the smart shops realize, like, this is, at least for now, this is such a big part of the business, and I think it's one of those things where you adapt just to try and accommodate both markets. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, you get some more traditional shop owners, and I'm not saying I blame them, but you get ones who just absolutely won't do it, and it's like, you have to adapt. Yeah. It's like everything else in life, and especially in the hobby, you have to adapt to what's mm -hmm. going on, and the most of the shop, that's one thing I'm surprised more local shops don't do. I mean, I would... I, again, maybe it's not feasible to do, but like if you're a local shop, why not have a once a month box, like a case break? Just be like, yeah. hey, would anyone be interested in this product comes out in two weeks? Can we get 10 or 12 people on it for a certain price? We'll do a, you know, make a nice event and we'll have some food and we'll. And like that's the one thing I know Panini and some of those guys who sometimes will send like autograph promos or sometimes all the athletes go out to the stores. And that's one thing I was thinking about like when they were talking this morning. It's like, what can the leagues do? And can the leagues do anything to maybe try and get more athletes? No, I'm not, mm -hmm. I'm not even saying the stars, but imagine. You know, imagine you're in Philadelphia, you own a Philadelphia store, you get Evan Mathis to go out for an hour. Yeah. Not even to sign autographs or anything, but just to come maybe talk a little bit, answer some questions, take yeah. some photos. Because there, there are plenty of players out there, professional players who collect. I mean, you've talked yeah. with Evan. Yeah. And collectors love that stuff. They love talking to these guys because oh, it yeah. makes them, I don't want to say more human because that sounds kind of out of place, but, no, it, but it makes it, it more relatable. Exactly, exactly. And that that's what was so awesome about doing the interview with Evan Mathis was that he was just a guy. You know, I wanted to talk to him. So that was the day after I talked to him was the day when LaShawn McCoy got traded. It took so much to not ask him about LaShawn McCoy getting traded to the Bills because it wasn't about that. It was about trading cards. And, and that's, you know, I bet if I said something about that, he would have just been like, dude, what? you know, that's not what I'm here for, man. Well, you know what I mean? And that's what we run to sometimes because we'll get athletes through the show 
and I'll tell the people who are booking them because sometimes they're hesitant to go on. I'm like, listen, this is just about memorabilia, trading cards. I mean, if there's something else that my people need, I will let you know. And if you mm -hmm. say no, you say no. But I just, I just want to ask them, you know, what's the strangest autograph request you've ever gotten? Do they yeah. collect cards themselves? I mean, yeah. what's... Oh, we had Danica Patrick on a few weeks ago because she had come into campus. We managed to get her for the show. Nice. So one of the questions we asked her at the end was, and I, I really was hoping for the best tongue-in-cheek answer because obviously she's, she's dating Ricky Stenhouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm asked, so we had, we had uh, our town ask her, so if you and Ricky are walking down the street together, you know, whatever, who's more likely to get stopped for an autograph or a photograph? And she kind of gets this look on her face. And you could tell she's working in her head out to say it. She's like, oh, it's, you know, even sometimes I probably get a little bit more. And yeah. I, I was thinking, I, it's either going to go one of two ways. She's just going to be completely diplomatic and not say anything, or, or she's going to blast, like, oh, it's totally me. And I, yeah. I was kind of hoping for that. I mean, it was a funny answer. Yeah. You could see her. But, like, one time we had David Eckstein on a couple okay. years ago, the former MLB shortstop. Yeah, with the Cardinals and, and Angels. Angels, yeah. yeah. And uh, his wife, a lot of people don't know this, his wife's actually an actress. She voices uh, Ahsoka Tano in the Star Wars, Clone Wars, and now Rebels series. Oh, wow. And so I was researching him before I came on, and I saw yeah. that. And I, I, mean, I freely admit, I was a big comic Star Wars nerd before I really yeah. got into sports. I okay. still am to a degree. And I was researching. That's one question I wanted to ask him. So I was like, yeah, it's kind of cool because you have like, you know, a celebrity couple. So I was going to ask him, you know, hey, if the two of you are walking down the street. And it's ironic enough because Ashley, Ashley ended up coming with him to ESPN. I was like, nice. oh, I wish I would have known that because I would have had you both do it. Yeah. So I asked him that question. He kind of laughs. And he's looking at his wife offset. And he's like, He's like, it depends. If we're in St. Louis or in I'm somewhere where I played, it's going to be me. Mm. But if we're at Comic Con or yeah. something like that, it's <laughs> yeah. totally Ashley. Like yeah. you know, in St. Louis, you know, she's basically David's wife. If I'm at Comic Con, I'm Ashley's husband. It's, yeah, yeah. And it's, but it's, you know, it's funny to hear that dynamic sometimes because yeah. you have these, you know, dual celebrity couples, and you you kind of wonder for them if they're going down the street or they just want to go out. Just how much of a stink is it sometimes? Yeah. Now uh, let, let's kind of wrap it up. I, I love talking to you, Kelsey, because you uh, you have tremendous knowledge about the hobby and you you have a awesome passion. Uh, but we got to wrap it up, unfortunately. But what do you expect the last couple days here at the industry summit? You know, with big news. You know, NASCAR was a big thing that you talked about with Leaf. They potentially will try and get into that market. But what do you think with you know Panini and Upper Deck? You know, like you said, there there might be tension. But you know, what do you think might come out of there? Well, obviously the bouts of joy because Panini's black boxes are always one of the highlights of the of course, show. And yeah. based on the pre-pictures, they put some really good stuff. Of course, in there. yeah. <laughs> I mean, Upper Deck's got their. I think the. I think Panini's big thing is going to be the CLC license tomorrow because mm. that's been that's probably been the biggest licensing news. We actually talked to Panini about their Oregon license a couple months back, and I was honestly shocked. I didn't think Panini would ever. I mean, to me, it's more of a power play by them to try and again, essentially, in my opinion, I don't. There's there's no validation of this. Yeah. I'm not saying this is anything's <laughs> yeah. happened, but to me, it's a power play by them to try and box out Upper Deck because that's yeah. where Upper Deck's market share has been. Okay, and I think you know I, Upper Deck. I think it's possibly going to be damaging controlling that a little bit because it, it's a bad blow. Yeah. There's no doubt about. It. I mean, as long as Upper Deck's got. UNC for Jordan, you know, there's still going to be a chance. That's definitely a bad blow to them. And I think Panini's really going to hammer that home, especially because they have those releases coming out. Mm -hmm. And there's already been some criticism about that because I think they have, like, three releases coming out relatively back-to-back. -back. So yeah. it's like, why are you doing this so soon? Yeah, yeah. Panini, it makes sense in the way because you're eating up that market share they had previously missed out on those couple months in between the draft and there before you can get the pro uniforms out. Mm -hmm. Now you're getting it out there. I mean, it's like with Press Pass. That was the one thing you could always say about Press Pass is they got the stuff out there sooner. So for that first couple months, that's that's where you went to get your certified cards. Yeah. And Panini's basically – so it's like the NFL. The yeah. running joke about the NFL is trying to get more and more broadcast time. Yeah. So Panini now trying to get more and more market share months out of that market. Yeah. But I've got to think the CLC is going to be the biggest thing coming out because, I mean, as far as I've heard – I haven't heard anything about any licenses switching hands or anything else. Mm -hmm. and so unless someone comes out with a major announcement about that tomorrow, which you never know, yeah, someone could have been playing something very close to the vest and they're going to announce it tomorrow. But I really think Panini's going to 
go of that. And again, Penny, you know, Penny just lays it all in the, lays out there and says, hey, this is what we're looking to do. This is the year we had behind us. This is what we're doing to kind of make – and that's what the purpose of this is. It's telling shop owners, hey, this is what we're trying to do to make yeah. your lives better yeah. and easier to get people into your stores because that's, that's what people come to the summit to hear. So they can vent those frustrations or those feelings and say, listen, we need help. What are you doing to help us? We yeah. spent a lot of money with you guys to put your products in our store. But we we need help. I mean, we got all the biggest thing is the online thing. It's like you know, how can we compete with these guys who are selling the boxes cheaper? By the time it comes out, the presale's already down twenty five bucks off the presale, which they're all legitimate questions. And the thing is, you hear answers or explanations, but at the end of the, that's one thing Brian touched on. It's like the same stuff that's getting complained about and talked about the summit today is the same stuff that I complained about and talked about two years ago. I ranted and raved against it. It's like, and it's actually one thing I said. I was ta- I was tweeting with someone today, and we were talking about that. And I, and I said, I'm, I'm not endorsing this, because my personal feeling is, I mean, we've talked about this before. Yeah. I don't care for licenses. I think they need to yeah. go away. It's nothing against the companies that have them. I think they do fine jobs. Of course. But you need competition. You need choice. Yes, yes. And I, I said to someone, I was like, for people to truly affect change, whether it's consumers, whether it's shop owners, and I'm not, I'm not advocating this by any way, yeah. shape, or form, but to really affect change, mm-hmm. like meaningful change that will make the companies really, really, really listen, you have to stop buying. Yeah. You have to have a concerted effort across the country, across the board, where people just don't buy. Like they say, we're not buying. We're not buying boxes. We're not buying products. And whether you wait till Black Friday when the stuff's marked down astronomically, or even then you don't buy. You just send a message saying, we've had enough. Yeah. I mean, to get that to happen, I think you're looking at a virtual impossibility, but that's that's how you are going to affect change, because you're saying with your wallets and the financial statement, is like, we're not buying anymore until you guys fix this. Uh-huh. You're basically forcing everyone to fix it. Yeah. Again, not advocating for that. <laughs> this hobby is all about choice. You should choose to do and buy what you want to buy. Yeah. I think hobby education-wise, I don't think there's ever been more education about the hobby. I mean, you can watch box breaks now. You can read magazines like Becca that do box breaks. We do our own box break reviews. We post pictures. Yeah. The, even before a product releases now, there are so many avenues you can look at or even the day of product releases. And I, I say this, unless you absolutely have to have a product right away, wait a week or two, wait mm-hmm. a month, wait for the price to go down or wait to see what comes out. Because exactly. box breaks to me are the most, online box breaks to me are the most educational thing ever because you can see what comes out of a case. Yep, I mean, yep. Just like I mean, we said, most of the products we review, we get one box of. And I tell people, it's like it's not enough to really get a good read on it anymore. But if you watch it by a case, a case is pretty indicative of what's going to come out. Yeah. I treat buying cards like buying anything else, whether it's buying a car, buying a house, especially if you're a collector where you don't have a lot of money. You are like buying that one box is going to be your collecting. Yeah. Buying for three, four, six months, whatever it is. If that's going to be the case, look up what you're buying. I mean, really research. I mean, I know people are going to say it's a box of cards. Why would you spend that much time? But be be educated be responsible about what you're buying because i mean that's the thing if that's going to be your last box you want it to be something you're comfortable buying i mean even i mean even if it's a 60 dollar box that gets two hits or basic cards or it's one hit i mean think to yourself what am i more comfortable taking the chance on do i want a chance at something that may give me a little bit of a better hit but if i miss i'm really gonna miss or do you want a product where you're probably not going to get a good hip you're gonna get like a top series one or an upper deck yeah. or a P- penny don russ it's like you'll have an enjoyable box break though nice box overall Chance of pulling a big hit or slim, but you're not buying it for the hit. You're buying it for the box. Yeah. And that's what you got to ask yourself is what do you want? What do you want to get out of your box break? Yeah. Well, it's going to be exciting to see what happens with Panini and Upper Deck. I really wish I was there for Leaf, but I appreciate you giving us a little bit of insight on that. If you want to check out more of what went down uh, today, uh, which is, what is it, Monday? Yeah, yep. Monday. Uh, check out ESPN Mint Condit on Twitter, also Beckett Media on Twitter. We posted pictures. I mean, you know, tons of good just – uh, 140 characters less uh, yeah, insight. You know, that, you know, it's it's one thing that I ran into a lot today, especially this morning. You know, I wanted to get 
you know, Mike Burkus, what he was talking about, uh, the guys from TriStar and Fanatics, and but they, they didn't give us these quick answers. You know, it was this long, drawn-out stuff, and it was like, man, I wish, you know, we could, we could just have a little like bit more. It. Yeah, you know. But you know what, though? Those are guys who are fully invested in the hobby, whether it's cards, whether it's autograph signs. These guys, these guys have been doing it for years. Yes, yes. That's it. There's some of the smart. Like I call Mike Burgess the great sage of our hobby because yeah. I've listened to Mike tell stories. I mean, some of the stories this guy has. And just, oh yeah, you could probably spend days interviewing the guy and still not get everything. Just the I deals know. he's done, the people he's met. But same thing with guys like Jeff Rosenberg, Adam Warren. These guys all have because they've been doing it for several. Of years. course, yeah. You know, it, yeah. It, it's uh, I'm excited to see what happens tomorrow and uh, and uh, Wednesday. I'm excited to again based on the pictures Panisa, and I know it sounds kind of weird, but I'm excited to see black box pools because yeah. last year's were to awesome. me were a little oh you know, really? last year's were a little sketchy. A, a little, lot of patch cards, a lot of event use patch cards, mm-hmm. a lot of people who attended were not happy. But yeah. I've seen a lot of based on what the pictures are, and I don't know how many Panis made. I don't yeah. know what the odds are on them, but a lot of good autographs. So even if I mean I've you know. Troy Aikman's or yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of high-end autographs. So I yeah. think we're going to see some pretty happy people tomorrow. Well, it's going to be a lot of fun. Kelsey, it's always fun to have you on, and uh, we're going to have you on uh, hopefully soon. Um, yeah, definitely. But, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see you soon and have some fun here in Vegas, all right? Thanks, man. You too. All right, Kelsey, you, you just calm down. He, he wanted to talk for literally hours, and unfortunately we only had a limited amount of time, so we had to cut him off short. But Kelsey knows – all there is to know about training cards, autographs, you know, just the hobby in general. And it's always fun to have him on to talk, even if it's just about anything, you know, if there's no topic, which is even better. So thanks to Kelsey of ESPN Mint Condition. Check him out on Twitter at ESPN Mint Condit. They do tons and tons and tons of giveaways. So if you're into that kind of thing, check them out on Twitter. They're probably running one right now. So check it out. All right. So next up, let's go to Bryce Carson of TrophyBoxCards.com. Like I said at the beginning of the show, he has an interesting take on case breaks. And it's not just your typical open a case, get your team slot or your player slot, whatever it is, and just see what happens. No, it's it's a it's a spin on it. It, it, it involves fantasy drafting. If you're a fan of fantasy sports and the whole snake draft system, this is what you need to do. So check it out. I'll, I'll let Bryce explain it because he does a great job because he's the guy that created it. All right, so welcome to a special edition of Beckett Radio here live at the Industry Summit 2015 in Las Vegas. I'm your host, Derek Ficken. We have a special guest today. His name is Bryce with Trophy Box Cards and, and something that is probably the most unique thing I've heard in a long time. Uh, it's it's uh, Well, I'm just going to let Bryce talk. Bryce, how's it going? Good. Uh, good. So I, I was checking out your presentation uh, that you did this morning, and it was a, a unique spin on just your random old case break uh you know i'm a big fan of fantasy sports there's millions of people out there the same way and you had an awesome take on on being able to trade certain cards that you're you know you buy into the slots but you're not really interested in in that exact card so you can trade it with someone else that you know maybe you can get just something else another team another player whatever it might be but uh why why don't you kind of talk about uh, how you started this little idea. Yeah, so it really started with, uh, I love fantasy sports, fantasy sports drafts, and um, wanted to create something like that that kind of enhanced a typical case break. Mm-hmm. And with a, with a case break, most of the time you're you're getting the cards from one specific team, and I never really was a team collector. So with this type of, type of setup where you buy into a draft and then it's a kind of a snake draft where... Um, you might get the first overall pick, and then you could pick any card that came from the case or the, the lot that we've put up for sale. 
it's definitely a different take in a f- more fun and interactive way to sell cards. Now, it, it was interesting that you were saying during your presentation was so people can send in boxes and you can do this whole, you know, case break draft type thing. Is that is that correct? Yeah. So we, we could we have a lot of flexibility, whether it's a you know, we could do make a draft of vintage cards. We can make yeah. it a draft of, you know, a certain player. If you want to do just Ken Griffey Jr. cards, you can mm-hmm. make a draft of that. Yeah. Or you can do uh, a draft of a brand new product and you could break open a case. And um, if it's like a regular case break draft, we have the ability to actually show people the cards that we pull beforehand before yeah. they were to buy into the break, yeah. which is great because for me, I, I felt like oftentimes when I was buying new product, I was it was just a little bit of there was so much chance involved in it Mm -hmm. i I didn't know if i would get a card that i would like or not yeah Uh, so we kind of try to eliminate some of that now uh there was someone that brought up uh videotaping the the case breaks and uh, what you guys do and you know you said since you know you scan all the cards there it's you know it's, it's all right there um was i mean has there ever been any backlash because they don't physically see the cards you know, they just see the scans and it's like, well, you could have just taken some random, you know, uh, singles from wherever and put them in there and say, hey, that that's what was in it. Yeah, well, there definitely is. Uh, there have been some people that, you know, because we're used to accustomed to seeing the video breaks, the video, the breaks of the videos. But really, for me, it's um, much better if, if I'm a collector. I just would rather see the, the images of the exact cards that are in there. And, yeah. you know, it could work where half the cards are from one case and then half the cards are a vintage lot that yeah. I've just picked up and combined together. So it might not exactly be all from one case, but yeah. you'll know exactly what's in that break before you buy into it. Yeah. Now I, I think the biggest thing with me is that, you know, you want to categorize it into the group breaks and the case breaks. But like you said, you know, you can take half a case or, or a couple boxes of, you know, tops platinum football and then you can go out and say, all right, here's some vintage. You know, let's just throw it in there and see what happens, you know? Yeah. Uh, so what could you, I mean, if you were, all right, if you were selling this to Shark Tank, yeah. you know, the, the, <laughs> the trading card Shark Tank, what would you categorize it as if you can't really say it's t- a case or group break type thing? Yeah, it is interesting because it, it's definitely, uh, it's a lot different than a traditional group break. Yeah. But I'm not sure that there there is an, an interactive, such an interactive forum to um, buy, trade uh-huh. vintage cards. Of course. Uh, so I think one of the main things that this accomplishes is that it causes some excitement with vintage cards where, you know, you you may know that there's some some great cards that are in the break, but you're not exactly sure that you're going to be able to acquire them, whether you'll be able to use your draft pick to select them or trade for mm. them. Yeah. You're not exactly sure. Yeah, gotcha. Now, uh, so you guys are currently running these uh, draft uh, breaks right now, correct? Yes. Okay, and so it's uh, trophyboxcards.com. Uh, you guys got a Twitter, so it's at trophyboxcards, all one word. And from what I heard at the presentation, you're, you're doing the slots at cost, correct? Yeah, currently we're doing it at cost. Cool. Just want to get people through it and yeah. uh, get as much feedback as we can from everyone. Yeah, no, I'm, you know, once I kind of settle down from, from uh, coming, you know, to Vegas, I'll go back to Dallas. I'm going to check it out uh, because with case breaks, you know, I, I don't do a lot because I'm, 
I like my money, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I want yeah. exactly what I'm going to get out of that. And, yeah. you know, call it selfish, call it whatever. Um, you know, I love the hobby, but that's just something that I'm still weary about. Uh, so with what you guys do, it's like, all right, this is exactly what's there. And, you know, you're putting your money towards getting something in here. Yep. So go for it. You know, yeah. if you like it, cool. If you don't, there's tons of other ones that you can do on your site. Yeah. Uh, so I'm definitely going to check it out. Uh, but Bryce, we appreciate it. Everyone check it out. Trophy box cards, it, something super unique that hopefully it, it gains a lot of traction and maybe we can get, you know, Tracy Hackler to talk about it or someone at Tops. you know, that, that'd be pretty sweet. But, uh, Bryce appreciate the time and, uh, we'll, we'll get you on next time to see maybe in a couple of years, if you're the new leading, you know, breaker out there, that'd be cool. Thanks Derek. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Shout out to Bryce Carson of trophy box cards for given that awesome explanation to what Trophy Box Cards is all about. I'm going to have to say look out for him in the future. He, he's a really cool dude. I'm going to keep in touch with him. I'm actually going to check out some of his breaks here in a little bit because, uh, you know, I, like I said on the interview, I like my money. And, uh, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm getting gypped out of, you know, case breaks and group breaks. Nothing against case break and group breaks, you know, ripping wax, uh, latent sports cards out there, latent case breaks. You guys are awesome. You know, I love you all. But, you know, I, I, I like getting, you know, my money's worth. And, you know, that it, it, it is what it is. So with his way or system, I feel like I'm, I'm actually getting something out of it. I know what I'm getting. It's not a gamble or a chance, you know. So, uh, yeah, shout out to Bryce for that. So next up here is Mike Guttenberg of Bullpen 2.0 Sports Cards out in Southern California. Mike is a, is a great individual. I uh, met him out there at the Summit. He has a lot to say about the hobby. So, uh, yeah, take it away, Mike. All right, so next up on a special edition of Beckett Radio here at the Industry Summit 2015 is Mitch Guttenberg of uh, Bullpen 2.0? Correct. So what's the 2.0? My first shop was the Bullpen. Okay. I uh, closed that in 2008. Okay. Uh, reopened in 2012. All right. And we just couldn't come up with a better name. So hey, that's perfect name. Yeah. So uh, just let's get your overall, I mean, it's midway point, I guess, in the Summit. But so far, what do you think? I mean, good, uh, bad? The summit, the summit's been changing over the last few years. Mm -hmm. um, no booths this year, which actually I thought was a little better. Yeah. It was a little more imminent, a little bit better for us to mm -hmm. have one-on-one -on -one conversations with the manufacturers and um, some of the distributors that we've had conversations with that, that help out. Yeah. Um, nothing really gr great has got done mm -hmm. lately at the at the at the industry summit. Okay. But we get to at least have a voice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if it gets taken on or it puts in a trash can, it's okay. Yeah. At least we get to say it. And also, we get to have, hang out with a lot of friends. Of course. Now, what did you think this morning? There was a panel uh, morning session or, or discussion. Had Mike Burkus, uh, had the uh, the man from Fanatics. I think the ML, Victor. Yeah, Victor. Um, Evan Kaplan. Yeah, and uh, Adam from Dave and Adam. Absolutely. And I think I'm missing someone else, or maybe a few. I don't remember. No, but five. But what what did you take away from that? I mean, you know, they talked about kids trying to get, but that's always something oh, you, you that just, they talk about. You just about. opened it for me. Okay, I'm going to sit back and let you go. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Adam uh, was dead on. Um, again, I think I ran up to Adam after it and said, thank you. I've been saying this for like two, three years now. Yeah. That the, the industry um, at a, as a whole, as a sports card whole, our biggest problem is everybody keeps saying that the kids, kids, kids. Yeah. The kids are still coming in the shop. Of course. Every kid is still coming in the shop. He just walks on the other side of the store to the gamers, mm -hmm. um, to the Yu-Gi-Oh! Pokemon Magic, yeah. Vanguard, Weiss Schwartz, and we can go on and on about other games that, that are coming out that are, have been solid sellers. Yeah. That is what the problem is right now is 
the imaginative for how to go into the next time for sports cards, it's just not there. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I don't have all the answers. Yeah. I'm just saying what, what the truth is. Yeah. That's why we run seven tournaments a week now. We're open 365. Nice. We don't close until every game is over. Yeah. Um, and if we have to run a second tournament or a third tournament because people are staying, we will do that. Yeah. Because that's where right now the industry is gone. Yeah. The industry summit is here. You see a lot of guys with concerned looks on their face of over the next cu- couple of years yeah. um, for what the sports industry is going to be like. Mm-hmm. You look at Gamma right now, and everyone has a smile on their face. You yeah. walk around that show, and people are excited. Mm-hmm. There's new games coming out. Upper Deck has got two new games coming out. They're bringing back Versus System, which is probably the best gameplay that there's been in years. Yeah. There's another game that is absolutely flying off shelves called Force of Will. Okay. Um, and I think that sports card shops that don't get into gaming or at least some kind of non-sports are going to be left in the dust and there's not going to be able to keep keep up. Yeah. The cool thing about with gamers is we're not, we don't run on eBay. The gaming pricing is because that's what what the cards are worth. We don't have to dump dump stuff on eBay like sports cards. That's how that's how you mar- um, manage prices is yeah. eBay. Mm-hmm. Look at what's it sold on eBay. Gamers you don't. Gamers it's the magic magic has its own price list. Yeah. Uh, through the the different websites and the cool thing about that is we, we can break a case of magic mm-hmm. and still make money on it. Yeah. Because the websites that have the pricing we can all make money. At. Everybody's competitive. Yeah. So and that's one of the things that I that Adam was just absolutely 100% right. Now, I mean, you know, let's let, all right, let's talk about the national. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm assuming you've, you know, you're you're uh, you're a fan of it or maybe not. Uh, what what's your take on it? The national is a really good museum. There's some really good excitement. The the manufacturers give away some really nice nice stuff to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but the problem is the prices that they have, some of the cards that nobody's going to buy from you. Mm. The tables are beautifully set up. There's some wonderful stuff to go look at. I mean, the bats, the game used bats, and the memorabilia that you see there is incredible. Yeah. But nobody really has a great show because mm. the prices are just too high. Um, so what? What? I if, go there if, just to go hang out with again. Go hang yeah. out with friends. So if you could change something to make it more successful, I, personally, I think it's extremely successful just because it's the national. But if you could make it even more successful, what would you do? How about bring it to the West Coast? I mean, it's it's it never comes in in our neck of the woods anymore. Um, and I think I think that's as the national, it's it's not a national if it's only going to be on the East Coast. And yeah. so I would like to see it once in a great while out here. I mean, the '92 mm. one, which is back in the in the olden in the days, oldest, yeah. Um, that was the most that, that was the most insane yeah uh, show. But again, I would love to see it at least try to go somewhere else. Yeah. Um, but the show the show again is is. I don't think th- I don't think they can really do much with it. We mm-hmm. have we have a ton of people that love sports cards. Yeah. Um. But you've got different venues and different avenues where they buy their cards. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, I don't really want to get into breakers and how I feel about that. I was that was my next question. If if you would <laughs> I, well, want, if I, you want, I will be more than happy to go. Yeah. Just get I mean, ready. you know, we only have a couple minutes left. You know, but I, you know, just overall, what is your thoughts on case breaking, group breaking as a future? in becoming a successful part in the hobby. I mean, you can say it's already the future. I mean, I personally think that it's taking over the hobby and it's continuing to stay alive, the hobby just in general. But, I mean, what do you think? Um, As a store owner, uh, if you have a store and you do box breaks and you do case breaks Mm -hmm. and you're online, um, I have no problem. Yeah. It's the guy that sits in his garage 
uh, in his underwear um, <laughs> and breaks and gets the same pricing yeah. and the same allocations as I do. Yeah, I have a problem with that. Yeah. Um, last year at this conference, we talked we talked to the we talked to people about yeah. this, uh, a bunch of other stores and I, and we talked about that they should raise the price or not let us have it. Let, let the store have seven days yeah. before a breaker gets it. Yeah. If you have a store, hey, all the all all powers. Yeah. You can you can go on breaking all you want, but if you don't have a store. Yes, you're a business, and I, I give them credit for a couple of them have done a marvelous job, and I see them on their sites. Mm-hmm. But we're we're still a brick and mortar store. Yeah, that's I, that's where this industry has started, and this industry needs to stay. Well, what what about maybe you know setting pricing tiers? You know, for that'd be for, great. Yeah, you know, and and making hey, you know, you got to pay your bills. You know, it's not just running it in your bedroom. You know, at your house. You you know, you got rent. You got you know, or, or whatever it might be. You know, you got the electric bill and all that stuff. So it's like, you know, help help a brother out, <laughs> you know. Right. I so. mean, we, we talked about that last year and they were going to put a plan in together, which never kind of went together. Yeah. Um, but you've got you've got distributors that will that are just literally supporting breakers. Yeah. And that's that's not I mean, if you if the, the manufacturers have to actually look at that and go, OK, who are we going to support breakers yeah. or we're going to support brick and mortar stores that are going to be here yeah. and that are working every day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And we, I mean, I open 365. I yeah. open every single day of the year yeah. working. I'm My doors are open Christmas, yeah. Thanksgiving, New Year's, because we have to. Yeah. We, ha- we have to be competitive. And the breakers that sit at, sit at their house, and again, some of them done, uh, do a great job. I'm mm-hmm. not going to bash all of them. I don't know all of them, but I know they're my competition. And, I, of course. and they, their prices are really cheap. And yeah. It's, it, it hurts. Yeah. They all raised up their prices or had a different price tier structure, like you said. Mm-hmm. We'd be much better. Yeah. And we could work together. Yeah, exactly. There's enough money in the industry to go. Just getting divided up the wrong way, I think. So uh, let's let's kind of wrap things up here. Sure. Um, and I want to get you on when, you know, a couple of weeks down the line because I, I, you know what you're talking about. And, <laughs> I'm not going to say that you know everything. No. No. <laughs> no, no. no but you, you, you like to talk about the hobby, and that's – that's what we need in this hobby. You know, we don't want guys just being like dollars and cents. You know, no. we, we want guys uh, addicted to this hobby, you know, uh, uh, have a passion. And obviously I can tell. I love you know, it. I yeah. absolutely love what I get to do. That's why I do not take days off. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have I have a couch in my shop. There if you, you ever want to come by and hang Perfect. out. And we have we don't close until there's a game over. Yeah. We'll sit and talk about sports all day long. That's what I'm talking about. Well, let's final question. What do you expect from the last couple of days here at the summit? I, I know Leaf just did a presentation and unfortunately I didn't make it. But, you know, uh, what, neither did I either. Oh, OK. Well, uh, hopefully Brian didn't hear us. He's somewhere in this room, I think. But um, what what do you want to take away from these last couple of days of the industry summit? The last couple of days, um, I mean, everybody's anticipating the the, the, the black box, and of course, half, half yeah. of us are there, yeah. are here for. Yeah. Um, the bowling thing is going to be fun tomorrow. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's much more that is going to get done for us. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's going to be. I mean, we'll have a, our, our good panel session uh, that last year was a lot of fun with Panini yeah. uh, and Tops. Um, unfortunately, I think they break it up again that we can't be in two because they don't want us to. Because I would be more than happy to have. Uh, a voice in more than one of these. Uh, <laughs> last year I went with Panini. I will probably stick with Panini this year. Yeah. Um, I would like to have a few few words to um, a couple of people at Tops about about um, scheduling. Mm. Um, December was really bad for us of for course. everybody. Yeah, yeah. Um, and March was still continuing to have football products out yeah. when we're about to have a fi- the 15 draft and mm-hmm. we're still talking about 14 products. Yeah, I agree. Uh, that's one of the things that is in this industry is bad. Yeah. 
um, we've got to control seasons. Um, um, but yeah, it should be it should be at least a little fun. For yeah, the next couple of days. Yeah, definitely. And I'm excited. Uh, but Mitch, I appreciate you coming on. We'll definitely get you on the phone and and have some fun here in the ne- near future. Now that I know who you are and that you're so passionate about the hobby, and shout out to Bill Dumas wherever he is for hooking us up. Uh, with the connection but uh Derek thank you so much yeah I, yeah I hope you have a, a good rest of the industry summit and this this guy right here oh. <laughs> you know uh I, I forgot your name man Chris you Chris know Montoy, we go, we, he goes as, as koala he's my gaming guy he works all the time with me knows every single game when we bring in games I'm gonna say this talks. in a good way but you are one of the biggest nerds we all are nerds super nerd but that's a compliment like you need to know your stuff <laughs> You know everything. In the span of a couple minutes that we've talked, I know that I can count on you for anything with that. So I'm glad you're here, but I appreciate you guys coming in. We'll uh, we'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. Thanks, Derek. All right. So shout out to Mike. He uh, he loves talking, and he you know like he said he has no filter. Unfortunately, we have to have some sort of filter on this show. But he's a great guy to talk to and get. Um, get a nice take, a different take on the hobby, and not just the same old thing you hear day in, day out. So thanks to Mike over at Bullpen 2.0 for that. Let's go over to Mr. David Porter. David, he's he's a good person. He is just good people. So check what he has to say. If you're a fan of basketball cards and collecting basketball, check what he has to say about Panini Threads, the voices of the game, insert autographs that are going to be coming out, and, and some interesting new products that are coming out in the near future. All right, so we just had Tracy Hackler on, uh, the like I always say, the man and the legend over at Panini, but this one's a, a close second. I got to give it to Hackler, but this is the first time I had you on, Mr. Porter. Uh, David Porter over at Panini, how's it going? Dirk, great. Thanks for having me. And, and I apologize that you're second in line to Tracy, but... <laughs> That's okay. okay. I mean, if you're going to follow, follow a legend. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. follow a legend. Yeah. So uh, how's it going so far in Vegas? It's great. Enjoying the, enjoying the event a lot. Um, yeah. Get to see you know people that we only get to see a couple times a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's just a great place to you know bump into friends and... And meet new friends yeah. and, you know, have a chance to get a lot of, of really, really solid, great uh, collector feedback. Yeah, you know, we we kind of get uh, spoiled with having Panini in our backyard uh, because we see you, unfortunately, all the time. Yeah, that's that's a tough break for yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's cool to see, you know, Upper Deck and GTS and uh, everyone here. But, you know, this is my first time at the Summit, and the last year's National was my first National. So I expected the summit to be like the national, and it's completely just that. No, it's not. <laughs> it's, it's not. I mean, well, you, first, there's not all those cards to buy and to shop True. for here yeah. at the summit. But what there is is there's a lot of people that are really dedicated to the hobby, mm-hmm. that are interested in seeing the hobby, um, you know, grow and expand, yeah. become more um, inclusive. And you know, there's lots of great discussions, you know, on everything from from things to do to market your card shop better to you know, let's talk to the manufacturers about. Um, you know, improving products. Yeah. And we're always looking to do that, and yeah. it's just a, a you know, it's just a golden opportunity. Now, uh, I, I kind of briefly talked to Tracy about the uh, Panini threads that's going to be coming out, but since you're the basketball guy, I want to go more in depth sure. on that. Uh, what kind of went behind getting Panini threads as a retail-only exclusive? The thought was is that you know. We, Everybody knows that Panini does a whole bunch of programs every year, yeah. and it, you know it's it's just it's just a different way to to involve people that maybe don't live real close to a card shop, okay. or that don't have a card shop in their backyard, or even maybe within an hour away anyway. And and Target um, stepped up and, and decided they wanted to do it. And really, what 
we did it with um, Prestige earlier in the year. Yep. And now with Threads, it's our second release, and it's really just a just a hobby product available through through Target. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 built in kind of uh, um, retail type ways with with gravity feeds, packs, okay. and yeah. and you know, blaster boxes. Um, but there is the, the premium or plus box that's going to be oh, available. Okay. Yeah. So there's a you know there's a, a, a about a hundred dollar box that's going to be um, you know available with a thirty dollar blaster and, and three dollar or four dollar gravities and three. Oh, okay. Cool. And it seems the voices of the game insert. And I told Tracy this again that that's the the selling point for me. Uh, that's uh, a really big. I mean, it's yeah. it's just an opportunity for us to get people that you don't always see but you always hear <laughs> yeah, uh, in exactly. our programs. Yeah. And so it's 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 been a it's been a fun thing to develop. Yeah. You know, we go we have everybody from from Dickie Vitel to Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. You yeah. know, available in the in the in the voices of the game set and yeah. it's a it's just the it's just the top basketball talking heads of the of the day. And, yeah. Um, it's a pretty inclusive really we're really proud of the, of yeah. the set. Yeah. Now, uh, one thing that I've been looking at with the secondary market for autographs especially with Latrell Sprewell and including Chris Weber. Uh, he, he was in a – last year he came out with, with some stuff. I think it was Immaculate or Flawless. One he of was the in Flawless, yeah. 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 Um, but the Sprewell gold standard autographs just went nuts. Uh, and then Chris Weber is in the Voices of the Game. Right. Uh, so what's, what's kind of the new – other than the Voices of the Game insert, what's that next, uh, next guy that we should maybe expect to see that hasn't been – in you know a product as of recent. Well, I'm I'm really really pleased to announce that we've just got Chris Paul. Really? Sign. Yeah, we we were able to uh, fulfill some outstanding redemptions that he had from several years ago. Okay. And that he will be live in in a lot of our uh, upcoming products coming on, and it's all going to be on card. Okay. So it's going to be just you know really really you know we've chased him a long time and worked with him a long time and negotiated a long time and yeah. finally yeah. locked him down. We're we're always I mean that's always really important to us. We're always chasing those names. Mm -hmm. You know we we'd love to have you know people that we always get asked about are people like Tim Duncan and yeah. Charles Barkley and yeah. we're always chasing them and always you know in their you know in their kitchen saying let's <laughs> let's do an autograph deal and get yeah. you in these sets yeah now uh, what should we expect other than Panini threads as far as basketball products go for the upcoming year well we have a real solid finish to the to the 2014-15 uh, season with okay. a great rookie class and Andrew Wiggins kind of leading the way yeah but you know lots of lots of other kids that are playing a lot mm -hmm. um as, as well as Andrew, yeah. uh, we we still have Select, which will be our next uh, card shop hobby release. Oh, okay, uh, they'll yeah. be out next. They'll be out in about two to three weeks. All right, and followed closely by Immaculate Basketball, yes. which has been pretty pretty anticipated. We've yeah. uh, we've got a couple really nice upgrades to Immaculate this year. One of them being we have quad on card autographs. Wow, uh, like there's a Detroit Bullies card with four <laughs> of the. Of the 90 Pistons yeah. on it, lots of rookies, lots of really, really cool um, matchups. There's trios and duos also Okay, that'll be sprinkled all through that we've never done before in Immaculate. So you yeah. can look for those on-card autos. And, yeah. and the design of the cards is kind of unique, too, because they've kind of written all over the card. <laughs> it's not like four names lined up with the yeah. signatures right underneath them. Yeah, that'll be really cool. Um, something that was at the morning, uh, I guess, breakfast thing were the hot rookie um i guess uh, special promo packs right you want to explain what what that was all about with the hobby makeover type thing is that just a basketball exclusive no thing? i think we're gonna do that in all the sports we started okay. in basketball yeah so i mean it kind of comes off when football did hot rookies and score okay and everybody seemed to like it it kind of copies that concept yeah um it just so happens basketball was up first and so <laughs> we right. saw those first yeah okay cool yeah and uh what should we uh, kind of get ready for with the 2015-16 you know with upper deck does their thing with um trying to get the guys that you know are in college or whatever but you know when should we see the next crop of, of 
soon-to-be rookies in the NBA for next season. We won't see them until our hoops release in October. Okay. We're yeah. gonna not um, not mess with them until after the, we've had a chance to you know get pictures taken them at the photo shoot, yeah. and uh, you know we'll have deals with all of them. Okay, uh, and we'll they'll all be you know have autographs in the program that will that will be there. We have a. Uh, I think we're finishing 14, 15 really strong. Yeah. Because because after Immaculate, we still have uh, four or five releases still after that okay. to go all the way up. We have yeah. Spectra Basketball, which was real popular last year and returns mm-hmm. this year with the same type of Optichrome, Optichrome technology and okay. the same stuff. And then we go to uh, Preferred, and then a yeah. brand new program for us called Lux, which Lux. is kind of a okay. it's it's a, it's kind of a product that was developed from a bunch of different things. I guess the the big key hit will be a a card that's got this metal frame around it that's on card autograph that looks really cool. Oh, okay, that we're wow. excited about. Yeah. Um. So let's kind of get a general consensus of of the industry summit as a whole. How how's it going for Panini? Uh, Panini's uh real pleased with how it's gone. We've you know like I mentioned earlier, we're able to to see a lot of our friends and meet a lot of new ones. Yeah. Um, but the most important thing is we get to talk to the card shops and we yeah. get to get in front of the card shops and hear what they're needing and what's going well, what what we can improve on, mm-hmm. you know, things that we can can look at. I mean, we talk about everything from release calendars to product content to mm-hmm. autograph checklists yeah. to <laughs> what jerseys are available and, mm-hmm. you know, what what's going on, you know, just stuff that from a manufacturer's perspective we may not see all the time. Okay. We get we get visibility to that and it yeah, just yeah. really really helps us uh round out the schedules yeah definitely yeah when uh when immaculate gets released and and some other uh newer products get released i'm going to get you on the phone or maybe if you want to sure. take a trip over to the i Beckett can maybe office. make that drive all yeah. the way across dallas okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> just make sure it's not during rush hour on 6 exactly right That's or maybe you guys can move your office th- off hey. of 6 35 yeah that move would be this. really I see nice. sandeep over yeah, there let's, talk to him. let's talk to him and, yeah. and see what we I'm can sure do he'll be up for that that would be nice yeah <laughs> well david it's a pleasure to get you on finally and we'll talk soon Awesome. Derek, thank you for having me. All right, we'll see you. All right, David Porter, thank you so much for joining us on Becca Radio for your first time. Hopefully we can get you in the office or maybe I can go out to the Panini offices and do a little on-spot interview. That would be a lot of fun. And maybe we can get Tracy, Scott, I mean the whole gang out there. That'd be really cool. So uh, thanks to Panini and David Porter, also Tracy Hackler for coming on the show. They were super busy at the Industry Summit, so I'm glad they had a couple minutes to join us and, and just have a little fun and talk trading cards. So next up is the man behind the industry summit and i i talked to him on monday or tuesday i don't remember too sure because it it just all felt like one day but mr kevin isaacson the man behind the industry summit uh he he had some interesting words of how uh the industry summit was going on you know what he liked uh and, and certain things that might happen in the near future all right so next up here on a special industry summit edition of beckett radio i have the man behind it all uh he's been uh going crazy uh, but he's keeping it under control uh, at the best of his ability. But he looks great. He's doing great. Mr. Kevin Isaacson, how are you doing today, sir? Doing great, Derek. Thanks for having me. You know, it's uh, like I said, this was my first summit, and so far it's been amazing. Uh, something totally different from the national convention. Uh, you have small presentations from uh, people that I honestly would never get to meet being at Beckett in Dallas. I uh, just had a, a pretty interesting conversation with uh, Bryce. He's trying to do this setup to where it, it's a case break or a group break type thing, but it's in a format of a fantasy snake draft. Right. It's it, it's a mix of fantasy sports and uh, group breaking. Really innovative concept. I hope it works for him. Yeah, I really hope it does, and and we'll see uh, we'll see where it takes him. But um, let's kind of get in just the overall um, industry summit. How's how's this year going so far compared to other years? 
Well, I think your experience is very common. The summit's about access. It's mm-hmm. about getting access to people who devote three and a half days to visiting with everybody else who's invested in the industry. And you know, Jeff Rosenberg, uh, Victor Schaefer, who mm-hmm. are on our panel this morning, Evan Kaplan from the Baseball Players Association. Yeah. Uh, it's it's tough to get a, f- a phone call or an in-person meeting with these guys, but at the summit, you know, even if you're sitting around the pool, you <laughs> might get a half hour. Yeah. So it is it, it is a fantastic opportunity to get access. And I have always believed, even before I was running the event, mm-hmm. that the one week I spent at the Industry Trade Conference mm. um, was worth, it set me up for the other 51. It yeah. was my best week of the year, and it still is. Yeah. Now, I'm glad you brought up the morning uh, panel discussion that was going on this morning. Uh, we had Mike Berkus and, and uh, just a who's who, uh, not in just the industry, but, you know, uh, with with the leagues and, and stuff like that. Um, and it was interesting that, you know, everyone's continuing to bring kids into the hobby and get them interested. You know, that's how we all started. Um, you know, I just want to get your take on, on how, you know, manufacturers, uh, news outlets in the hobby could get these kids to get excited about, you know, a trading card. Have you, if you've ever been to a Christmas tree farm, I okay. have not. <laughs> All right. So when you um, cut a Christmas tree live, what you do is you leave about two and a half feet of stump there, and that can bridge and grow into another tree. Okay. Okay. It takes 20 years. Yeah. But you don't cut it off all the way at the root. You leave a little bit, and that gives you the growth that sustains you in that in that field of trees mm-hmm. 20 years down the line. Okay. Okay. Saves you from going doing a complete replant. Hmm. Very similar to bringing kids in the hobby. If you can get a kid involved, ideally with a parent, mm-hmm. okay, um, they're going to come back when they're that parent and get their kids involved. Yeah. In this, you know, we're, we're in a for-profit today, this quarter, this week world, yeah. but we need to le- leave that little bit of the Christmas tree there yeah. and make that investment so 20 years from now we do have that sustaining collector base because at some point, you know, I won't be in the industry. Mm-hmm. You know, you're younger than me, Derek. You yeah. still will. Yeah. And at some point, the guy, you know, you're talking to 20 years from now mm-hmm. is going to need you to be, you know, putting some, you know, trees back. Yeah. So we have that for the rest of his career. Yeah. No, and it was interesting when Mike Burkus kind of talked a little bit about that subject. And, you know, he said, when I go to a show or, or a national convention or, or whatever, I want to see the parents show their kids these cards and show how excited they are because we all look up to our parents, you know, our father, our mother, uh, or, or uh, someone, you know, older than us, uh, a mentor type thing. And, you know, if they get excited, more than likely you will get excited, you know. And so even if it's, you know, a, a common, you know, Joe Schmo, you know, random baseball team, uh, more than likely if, if you're if my dad got super excited about it, I would get excited because he's happy, you know, that, and it's all about happiness and, and excitement and joy in this hobby. And I feel that sometimes we get away from that and it's, you know, it's just a, just to have fun. But uh, we talked yeah. a lot about uh, in the morning panel about happy customers mm. and, and that really goes throughout the uh, life cycle of uh, the collectible industry. Uh, we want the manufacturer to have a great relationship with their league licensors so they're happy and fulfilled and focused. We want the distributor to feel that way with their relationship with the manufacturer. Clearly, mm-hmm. we want the retailer to have a great relationship with the people who supply them with product. And at the end of the day, the end consumer, 
you know, the person who buys the cards at mm-hmm. retail or at a hobby shop, that person has to have a wonderful experience. When that works, you have a great industry. Mm-hmm. When one or more of those uh, parts of the chain are not fulfilled, that's when problems start. Yeah. Now, uh, there was, I'll say some breaking news, some big news. Some people kind of uh, knew it was going to happen, but the industry summit's going back to uh, Hawaii for 2016 for the big 3 uh, Like you said, how, how big is that uh, for the summit as a whole? I think it's going to be a great event. Um, Kit Young, you know, who founded the first industry trade show 29 years ago, mm-hmm. uh, is really excited about this. I think the mix of new card uh, purveyors, vintage sellers, and everybody across the whole business kind of remembering all those great shows is mm-hmm. going to be a real uplifting and exciting time for the industry. So, I mean, we're, we're still doing a lot of good work here in Vegas uh, this week. Yeah. But um, I, I there was a tremendous uh, level of excitement once we shared with everybody that we were going to Hawaii. Yeah. Now, uh, what are you looking uh, forward to in the next couple of days? I, I know Leaf and, and Upper Deck and Panini all are doing their big presentations. But, you know, what are you most excited uh, for hearing uh, is maybe you know big news with uh, exclusive deals or something just or just having fun is it is that no kind of th- th- that's not uh, th- the announcements are, are good and I, I yeah. like the company's marketing efforts I mean they, they put a lot into the show and I appreciate that yeah but what's important to me is that everybody who comes to the event um, leaves with a better focused understanding of how they're going to position themselves and their business for the next 51 weeks yeah um, and you know so a, a distributors thinking okay um, here's here's how I might want to shift my business. Maybe it's more toward baseball. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm going to take on a new supply line. But you know the the information they get here, whether you're you're a retailer, distributor, even a licensor, yeah. is going to help shape your decisions. And our job is to provide that access, that information, so they can really get a business plan together for the or alter their business plan for mm-hmm. the rest of the year. Yeah. And uh, as long as that's achieved, I'm thrilled. Well, yeah, the, the industry summit so far has been a tremendous success, and I can already say that the next couple of days are going to be just as, uh, as great. So I'm looking forward to what, uh, what exciting things come out of it and what I can learn, um, especially from the small group sessions with, with basketball and, and the specific sports. I learned a lot you know, that I can take back to Beckett uh, in, in my pricing uh, mind and all that good stuff. So I, I just wanted to let you know uh, with that that I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, with with the little session, but uh, Mr. Isaacson, I appreciate your time. I know you're uh, extremely busy, and I know that you are really looking forward to uh, next weekend, uh, maybe relaxing a little bit. Hopefully, there there may be a golf course in my future. Yeah. <laughs> well, good. Uh, I I hope you have a great rest of your week, and thanks for uh, joining us. Thanks, Derek. All right, thanks to Mr. Kevin Isaacson of the Industry Summit for coming on. He was absolutely uh, amazing at the Industry Summit. He was working endlessly on making this a successful operation. And in my opinion, I think he did an outstanding job. His wife, his two daughters, they, they were running the show like professionals. And I was tired, but I had nothing uh, close to how he was feeling and his family was feeling. Uh, I saw him after the summit. We we had lunch, and I just 
you could tell that he was uh, he was happy. Uh, it, it was an, a successful industry summit, and it was a, a, just a fun first time for me. And so I just want to give a tremendous thanks to Kevin Isaacson and the Isaacson family for hosting a great show. And I can't wait for next year. It's going to be in Hawaii. We're going to have fun. 30 years it's 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 back to where it started. So we're going to have some fun. But thanks to Kevin Isaacson for that. Like I said, tremendous thanks on on all of, of the things that he did for that show. It was a tremendous success. Everyone liked it. So thanks, Kevin. All right, we have two more interviews. We're, we're getting down and dirty with, with final two interviews here. Let's start it off with Mr. Mike Burkus, the, the director, the man who puts together the National Sports Card Convention. It's going to be in Chicago this year, and next year it's going to be in Atlantic City. So we're going to have a lot of fun uh, deciding what, what new things are going to be going down in Chicago. Uh, there's some interesting takes on, on what's going to happen. Uh, you know, Obviously, Mike Burkus knows what's going down. So check this interview out, if, especially if you're going to be at the National this year. You won't want to miss it. So uh, take it away, Mike. All right, so uh, next up on the special edition of Beckett Radio Live at the Industry Summit, we have Mr. Mike Burkus of the National Sports Card Convention. Mr. Burkus, how are you doing today, sir? Good, how are you doing? You know, uh, I'm, I'm a little full, but uh, I'm glad that uh, we're done with lunch, and I'm glad that I have a chance to talk to you. Uh, it was nice to have you on the phone uh, talking about the last year's National and a lot of great response for that, so I'm glad to finally meet you in person. I just want to talk about the National as a whole. Um, last year was a tremendous success in Cleveland. Uh, I had a lot of fun for my first national. Uh, what can we expect going into 2015 in Chicago? Everything's kind of perfect. The hotels, the restaurants, the airports right there. Yeah. And the facilities, a very comfortable facility to, to work inside. The decorators, easy to work with. Bob Wanger's a great guy. Uh, I think there's some free Wi-Fi this year. I think okay. there's some kind of really uh, decent situation. Yeah. Um, it's a um, push-button show, what we call, we know exactly where we're setting up the ticket sales, what we're doing to this. We launched uh, live tickets on March 2nd. I, my business partner, John Brogy, handles that. He called me up. He said, did 10000 the first day. Wow. You know, why somebody has to buy a general admission ticket six months in advance? It's not assigned seating or anything <laughs> like that. Or a, yeah. uh, but I'm delighted. I'm delighted because it's been it's been very exciting to see the not only the support, but the excitement. Uh, it's crazy. On, mm. on Twitter, there's, there's guys doing countdowns on clocks. <laughs> I, I yeah. love it. Um, we are. Uh, we were informed that two of the three hotels, uh, two or three hotels, were sold up in last December oh, wow. and January, and that there's. Uh, so it's kind of important if somebody's thinking about going to the show. I don't want them disappointed having to stay in Wisconsin or something like that. <laughs> um, we've doubled the size of the Case Break Pavilion. It's almost sold out. The major distributors are taking most of the space and making mini pavilions. That's really okay. exciting. Yeah. They're going to create a uh, a path for breakers to uh, work in those pavilions, uh, structuring it so that they can work from uh, 8, 9 in the morning till midnight. We're going to case the first time ever. The National has been open at night. Hmm. We are going to isolate the case break pavilion, uh, kind of uh, secure it off from the main floor, which it flows to. Yeah. And we're going to run it after the show floor closes at 6. We're going to run the case break till midnight. Wow. And it's free. You wow. want to walk in there, no admission price, no hang tag. It doesn't make any difference. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we just want to really... Uh, 
create as much excitement as humanly possible. Mm -hmm. Every inch of corporate space was sold. Uh, the bums rush hit in November, mm -hmm. and I just couldn't believe it. I got people on a waiting list. I think there's a handful of dealer tables left. We've never sold them that fast. Yeah. Uh, so the missions are going. We haven't announced the uh, VIP badges yet mm -hmm. uh, because we're just uh, starting to round up who the autograph guests will be. Okay. Uh, thrilled that uh, Tops uh, early announcement here, but from a handshake today with uh, Clay Oraski, uh, it appears Tops is coming back in with a retro set awesome. on the design. Yeah. Uh, it's just it is, you know it's 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 a fun thing, mm -hmm. and that's nobody comes to the national and has a bad time they really mm. just don't yeah and i mean that's a, a pleasure mm. it really is just a pleasure to watch yeah uh we're kicking around some new ideas for sunday sunday is always a tough day mm. uh, everybody wants to go home <laughs> uh, and they're tired they've been yeah. there all week i understand but we still function on sunday and we want to give the attendees um we want to give them the full ride and the full impact too so a couple of things are coming up we might do a national outlet day uh, this is started to notify the thousands of collectors that if you come back on Sunday, there's some real deals are going to be going on the main stage, maybe some impromptu auctions, things like that. Yeah. We're going to do, hopefully, a daddy and me, a father-son type deal okay. where we're going to maybe work with one of the, one of the teams, maybe the Cubs. And uh, what will happen here is we're going to encourage fathers and sons to come. We'll pave the way for them, and we're going to select one grand prize, and we're going to walk them through, take pictures with all the athletes, yeah. meet them all, wow. and maybe we can put them in a couple of box seats for the ball game too. Oh, that'll be nice. Yeah, and especially with all the renovations going on with Wrigley, you know, that's that's going to be a hot ticket item uh, to to be included in that. Uh, let's let's talk about when when you were on the morning panel. I think it was yesterday. Uh, where you talked about kids, you know, we're, we're, we always want to get kids in the hobby and excited about opening cards and and seeing athletes, you know, with trading cards, things like that. Uh, can you kind of uh, go in a little bit more detail about uh, your personal opinion on just trying to get kids that just just need to open a pack of cards and try and get excited and start collecting? Well, first of all, uh, we've talked about bringing the kids back in since Kit Young started the trade show in Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, 30 years ago, whatever it is. Yeah. We've always. Now, you know, for a long time, we're, we're very lucky. Uh, kids were our hobby in that. And everybody really wants kids because of the future. You're not going to make a fortune off the kids. Mm. They're not walking around with big wallets and things like that. The way children are going to come into this hobby is because somebody's going to hold their hand and walk them in that door. Yeah. If it's the, the dad, the mom. Uh, I know that uh, I have four sons. I know that if I picked up the bat, the four of them were outside to field ground balls for yeah. as long as my arms would hold onto my body <laughs> and hit them. Yeah. If I wanted to shoot hoops, they're shooting hoops with me. If I wanted to go to a, a golf range and hit golf balls, they're going with me. Yeah. Uh, when it came time for the show, they're going with me. Yeah. So what I'd like to create this year for the first time ever, okay. and we haven't fine-tuned this, but I'm doing part of it for okay. sure. Yeah. I'd like to create an old-time Norman Rockwell-style poster. Right. as our advertising campaign and on that poster it's going to show a dad and a, and a boy a child sort of walking away the way norman rockwell had done this stuff and um in the tagline it's going to say oh by the way i've ever showed you my trading cards and then i'll have a shoebox of trading cards <laughs> uh in the bottom of the scene and then the statement after maybe it's time for you to get your own i just think that if a father sits with his son mm -hmm. and wants to open packs of cards there is no way that that magic isn't created. Mm -hmm. We're really about a lot of things. We're really about values, and but we're a social, I mean, and 
and it, it's hard to predict what's going to ring somebody's bell. Game used, you know, whether they've been hundreds of thousands or I watched a grown man burst into tears. He had lost his father a couple years ago. He had pulled a program out of a dollar bin. It happened to be a program from the first game his dad ever took him to. Oh, wow. A buck. Yeah. So we got a little range here of emotions. We're travel. We're a time travel. Mm-hmm. I can put you back into any day, any year, any stadium, any game that you'd like to go to. We've got the memorabilia for it. On the other hand, what we really have is we have a chance for you to uh, really be interested in maybe doing something with your children. Yeah. Uh, you know, not the, okay, we'll take them to the park and, and or, or okay, we'll take them to the zoo. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it's fun for the dad too. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe there's sincere uh, connection there, but you'll never forget it. Y- your kids and you will never forget the experience of you getting excited together over something. It, yeah, exactly. And that's, you know, with, with my personal uh, memory of my dad, uh, you know, getting me into trading cards, it was all about, you know, going to your local gas station, 7-Eleven, uh, and getting that $5 for mowing our lawn and spending that on trading cards, you know, and being able to pick which one. And he would buy me a thing of candy and a Slurpee. And that was our thing. You know, that's what got me into it. And that's what I want to carry on, hopefully, to my kids one day. And, you know, it's, we, like you said, we always talk about it. It's always um, a topic of conversation, and it, it'll never go away, you know. It's just a matter of, you know, just continuing to have that in, in our mind that, you know, kids should be the focal point, in my opinion, because if you get rid of the kids, you know, eventually, you know, we all die one day. And if we don't continue that legacy, it's just going to die with us, you know. Um, but to, to each his own, I guess, you know. Well, it is, but there is some standard things at the same time. A kid's never going to learn how to fly a kite by himself. He's not going to learn how to fish. True. He's not going to, he's going to want to hold your hand when it's time to go to summer camp. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of experiences that the trust factor there. But, but kids, you know, when they come bursting into the room and you're watching TV and they want to show you something, difference does it make Mm. of what they want to show you that's your child wanting to share something with you how many things are there to share well you know fortunately for us that uh, growing up in America different times different places there was always there was always room for our buddies and us collecting cards together yeah and uh, I don't see I don't think that's a fight I don't think it's an uphill fight I'm not saying that a kid is going to wind up spending uh, $50,000 and stay collecting for the rest of his life no I burst out of the game and f- at 15 years old yeah. and went back at 35 years old I don't know let's take human trends mm. let's take trends of people wanting their childhood back it was yeah. a good time for yeah. a lot of people of course I think it's time for today's dads and moms to give their children that American pleasure and, and experience because they can do it together. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's talk about the industry summit and uh, what are your overall thoughts uh, of uh, just being, you know, I know you're, you're the man behind the national, but I think you can kind of take a, a small step backward and just kind of see what's going on at the summit. Uh, what, what have you seen in this past week, a uh, few days that has really caught your eye? Well, there are really only two times uh, during the year that I know of where we can count on a lot of the important people in the hobby that are that are really make a difference, mm-hmm. whether it be the manufacturers or the, the distributors or whether it just be store owners together or, or just to see so many people that you know. Industry yeah. Summit is definitely one of the two. The National's a little too busy, really, for a lot of socialization. You don't have really a lot of time. You've got customers. You've got meetings. You've got a variety of things like that. If you come to the Summit, 
and you're in our industry, and either you want to meet somebody or you want to hook up with somebody you know because we're all here to meet with each other. Yeah. This is such a great avenue and a path for that to happen. I, for years, I waited until the summit, a Hawaii trade show, to open sales for my newly designed corporate pavilion or okay. my autograph. Mm. And I walked away sold out. Wow. I, I mean, for me to have to travel to every city or fly people in to meet so I could present them different aspects of the national, this is a one-stop shop for me. Mm-hmm. I, I, I walk out of here with 100% of success, but right. I also walk out of here with a lot of laughs and a lot of camaraderie <laughs> that I've built over the years. Yeah, definitely. And, and speaking of a lot of laughs, uh, last time I had you on, we had we had some uh, stories of Dr. Beckett. I know you guys are, are dear uh, friends and uh, have worked together for many years, and I just have to see if you have another random story with Dr. Beckett um, that, that just, you know, you think about and you just have to laugh. Yeah, it's... Um Years ago, promoters would bid for the opportunity one year in advance to host it in their city. Mm. I set that up with my two business partners at the time that founded the National, Gavin Riley and Steve Bruner. We didn't do it because we didn't want to run the National every year. We did it for this 20 years so that we could grow the National. I wasn't sure if anybody would even want to host it. I wasn't even sure if it would be, the concept would fly. So there was really nothing there to protect. We had a small show we opened in L.A., then we decided, I mean, it's all impromptu. There was no business plan drawn out on this. Yeah. It was great and exciting years. And so we had a, a meeting after. Mm. And we, anybody want to host the show next year? And um, the guys in Detroit, Lloyd and Carol Torpy, been on and win. And I'm going somewhere with this about Beckett in a okay. minute. <laughs> okay, so down the road now, um, we're uh, in the 80s and... Uh, Wanda Marcus is tossing a bid out for Dallas, mm. and Jim is tossing a bid out for Dallas. Oh. Wow, we got like two groups <laughs> want the same city. So this is a tough bid. Yeah, yeah. It's a tough <laughs> bid. So Wanda makes her presentation to everybody, and Jim makes his presentation, and Wanda won. Mm. And um, somebody, I was standing with Jim, telling him, "Hey, look, we, you know this." Somebody walked up and said, hey, Beckett, you should have had Burkus do the pitch. (laughs) 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 And and he burst out laughing because Jim was the numbers guy. Jim was the analytical mind. I was the big mouth. (laughs) You know, I'm going to ad lib all the advantages and benefits in that. And, of course, Jim, a wonderful man, an incredible contributor to this industry, one of the mainstreams that moved us up to the next level. But... But Jim uh, presented the presentation like you would your Ph.D. thesis. Mm, yeah. Uh, take notes. <laughs> I'm going to go slowly. You know, <laughs> no hype, no excitement. This yeah. But it was Jim. That yeah. was Jim's personality. Funny <laughs> stuff. That's great. You know, and, and I, uh, I'm really trying to get him on just to talk about the history, you know, uh, and it would just be so much fun. And unfortunately, I don't have enough tape time to, to get all of his, you know, stories and, and, and thoughts and, and all that good stuff, but maybe one day. But uh, in the meantime, Mr. Burkus, like I always say, it's, it's such a pleasure having you on, uh, even if it's for 10, 15 minutes. Uh, and whenever you want to come on and talk the National, we'll, we'll set some time up and, you know, any, any interesting new uh, topics come up. It'll Thank be fun. Thank you. And, and strange as it seemed, I actually enjoyed talking about the national. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, thank you, sir, and you have a good one.
All right. Special thanks to Mike Burkus of the National Sports Card Convention. He uh, he had a good, good, interesting special role at the industry summit. He was moderating. He was on some panel discussions that uh, was very detailed and and honestly productive, in my opinion. I don't know uh, whatever you know the consensus was, but I I thought it was uh, just a great person to have there because he's been around the hobby. He, like I said, he is one of those people that you would put on a Mount Rushmore of of hobby history and and just hobby of the hobby in general. So uh, special thanks to Mike Burkus for that. All right, so. This is our final interview of Beckett Radio this week, and this was, like I said, the most fun that I had all week, was talking to some very attractive and very knowledgeable ladies from Benchwarmers. We had uh, Jessica, Mallory, Raquel, and Lisa of Benchwarmers. They they were doing a group break. I'm not too sure. I think it was the Signature Series uh, Benchwarmers, but uh, don't quote me on that, guys. Uh, but it was a lot of fun to see them and uh, and the president Brian uh, just just having some fun with collectors and, and dealers out there uh, showing off the cards that are coming out. There's a couple products that are coming out soon that the bench warmer girls talk about, and there's some interesting uh, developments on you know maybe a product in the future that these ladies want to get into. So if you're all I gotta say if if you're a fan of cosplay, you have to check this out. So here it goes: Lisa, Jessica, Mallory, and Raquel of Bench Warmers. All right. So next up on a special edition of Beckett Radio, I have the absolute pleasure to interview the Bench Warmer girls, and we have Lisa, Jessica, Mallory, and Raquel. How are y'all doing? Great. Great. Well. Yeah. Good. So I checked you guys out earlier, and you were doing some uh, group breaks or case breaks. Uh, what was that like to just open up cards, see you guys in these products? Uh, what's that like? We love doing breaks because uh, bench warmer models are, you know, not only knowledgeable, but they're attractive, and we think it adds an extra element to a break. We love to come in for independent breakers, mm -hmm. break their cases for them, interact. Uh, we're the only, you know, group of trading cards where you can actually get the talent on the cards in for the breaks, mm -hmm. which is such a, a positive for any breakers that are, you know, wanting to kind of augment their uh, people buying spaces. So yeah. we love doing it. We're also very knowledgeable about the cards because we're on the cards. Yeah. We love talking about them. We're friends with a lot of them. We have Raquel Pomplin here with us, who was Playmate of the Year in 2013. So she oh, tells wow. us about different Playmates who are on the cards. Mm -hmm. It's a really great experience for us. And we, and we actually really enjoy the activity of doing it. And we've, uh, in, the, in the past, we've actually done um, live on-camera breaks. So if today's break uh, was a live audience break, mm -hmm. so it was different, but very exhilarating and, and fun at the same time. Yeah. So, and yeah, it's a little bit of a different experience, but mm -hmm. um, it was it was great having the people in the room and interacting with them and, and showing them the actual cards, whether it be a swatch card, a kiss card, or whatnot, mm -hmm. um, in person. So that was yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. So let's Raquel. I want to talk about. Uh, so you were with Playboy doing all that good stuff, and now you're with Trading Cards. What's the difference? I mean, do you do you like doing being on these little pieces of, of cardboard or I mean you know I Playboy is sweet but you know <laughs> I think for our fans it's I think it's more of a treat for our fans uh -huh. I love it I think it's great uh, my mom collects all of mine by the way awesome. <laughs> um, <laughs> Mallory yeah. is responsible for that <laughs> okay she's like, take this to your mom yeah there you go <laughs> um, but I think it's a great it's more of a treat for my fans because it is a great way to you know keep up with me and um, keep that interaction I even have fans who send them 
over the mail to get them signed. Oh, wow. It's like, it's pretty awesome to know that there's people who are collecting them and, um, and it's a personal, it's more personal. I feel Mm -hmm. like it's more personal. Yeah. Yeah, The magazine. Yeah. They see me, you know, like I came to this world, but a little older, Mm -hmm. um, but it's a magazine. It's bigger. They can't flip through it. They can't put it next to, I don't know, Mallory Mackey or, um, or Lisa Glee or or Jessica. Like they, they have all their girls together Mm -hmm. and you know, people are a fan of sports. People are a fan of models. Of course. What better way to put us? Yeah. Might as well combine them. Absolutely. And I want to just kind of elaborate on what Raquel said, because she just said a really good point. Yeah. Models have fans. Yes. Just like athletes have fans. We've Carmen Electra has fans. Where are you going to find things from Carmen Electra? Where are you going to find things from your favorite playmates? Where are Mm -hmm. you going to find things from reality TV personalities? There's not a bunch of content out there. And all of our models have fan bases and that's what's really exciting this gives ev- all of the fans a way to get some kind of a special nostalgic piece of mm. each one of their you know models that they're a fan of yeah and i mean the numbers are there if you look at you know the kind of numbers that our swatch cards bring in you uh-huh. know we go head to head with some of the best athletes yes now uh mallory you're kind of a quiet one. Yeah. I, I want to get That's your what take. You think. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> everyone, everyone is kind of saying the points that I already have, so yeah. I just don't want to have to reiterate yeah. or no, that's cool. say the same thing. Yeah, well, I want to get quiet. all your takes on just being uh, in the hobby. Uh, you guys are all knowledgeable. And, you know, there's there's a notion out there that, you know, you're just a pretty face, which all of you are. Uh, but, you know, you guys know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what, what kind of started that passion for the hobby? Well, for me, I've been collecting ever since I was very, very young. Okay. When I was 13, it was like Sailor Moon comic books. Like All when right, I was really yeah. young, like <laughs> I, 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 it was something that, that was personal to me. And mm. then even when I got older, it was like Buffy and Angel. Of like course. The cards. Pokemon. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yes. I, I did the Pokemon cards too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's something that that's, has been personal for me my whole life that mm. I've just enjoyed. Mm-hmm. So it kind of, I, I've acquired that knowledge growing up being a hobbyist as well. And people mm-hmm. look at us and don't, don't see us that way or think that we could never collect ourselves but I feel like most of us do yeah yeah yeah, and I mean, did you guys go into sports too? Did you get into athletes, and that's kind of why you started collecting? I did. I started as a child collecting tops, okay. cards, and um, I also actually spend a lot of time in Field of Dreams looking at autographs and have a ton. I have like so many Tiger Woods autographs; it's not even funny. <laughs> I have a signed Masters flag by Tiger Woods. Oh wow! Oh yeah, you name it. Yeah, so yeah. Big into the collecting. Yeah. I think we all have our like little you know, things that we are just obsessed with. And yeah. if you're a collector, you're a collector. Like mm. I'm a golfer, so okay. I, that's why the Tiger Wood connection. Of course. Mallory is huge into like the sci-fi world, so uh-huh. she loves Buffy. Now let's talk, uh, I got this Sin City, uh, this little product sheet, as well as Treasure Chest. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you guys want to elaborate on those, uh, especially Treasure Chest? Those, I mean, those are really cool. Treasure Chest is really special. Because it's basically, there are cards, you know, things happen. Mm-hmm. Sometimes cards don't make it into the product. Or we planned on having a girl on the product and she didn't come through. Yeah. So she winds up not on the checklist or anything like that. So Treasure Chest is all the cards that haven't made it in in the past. Okay. And they're all put together in a product. So it's like the lost cards. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's really exciting so the guys can actually open it and find things that they've been missing from a set that, or a girl that was never in a set that mm-hmm. now is because we finally have her card. Yeah, definitely. And and with Sin City, what, what is that? 
I mean, we're in Vegas, <laughs> so you know what better way to talk about it than here? Actually, Sin City is uh, was used uh, used to be called Vegas Babies. So okay. this year it's being released as Sin City. I think Mallory can elaborate, or Jessica can elaborate. Ah. <laughs> Vegas <laughs> Babies. Yeah. It's so beautiful. I just saw it today. Raquel here. Yeah. I just saw it today <laughs> there you go. for the first time. I mean, I'm pretty sure these ladies have seen it before. Mm. Um, and it is gorgeous. Yeah. If you're into detail, this yeah. is the kind of card that you want to get a hold of because it, it, it's just out of this world. And speaking of big collectors, like my brother's a huge collector of baseball cards. He has very expensive cards. Yeah. <laughs> I think he would appreciate that kind of detail in one of his cards. But huh, yeah. <laughs> you better get into the bench warmer exactly, wagon. <laughs> yes. I want to just go back for a minute to Treasure Chest because not only is it all of the lost cards, mm -hmm. but it's also augmented with the actual series of Treasure Chest. Mm -hmm. So there's new cards as well. So oh. I, And I personally am a huge fan of whenever we can merge the vintage with the new cards mm, yeah. I just think it's kind of like an added bonus mm -hmm. and like right now we have signature series and we have the commemorative cards in our signature series you're yeah. finding these cards of your favorite models and oh, for us a lot of it is that the collectors collect one specific model mm -hmm. if you're a Mallory Mackey fan and she has some like mega diehards oh, then you're <laughs> collecting every Mallory Mackey and if you miss one you're disappointed but you open something like a treasure chest mm -hmm. or you get a commemorative out of a sig series you're thrilled because you couldn't get your hands on that card before and yeah. now it's yours yeah definitely now I, I really have to ask what is it like to have all these guys look at your cards and just become major fans of you guys. Is, uh, is it cool? Are you guys used to it? I mean, wh what's it like to, to have that? I don't think we feel it. And really? I'm playing Mate of the Year. I've That's, been everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I have uh, five covers total with Playboy. Wow. And um, I don't think we feel it until mm. we go to conventions or yeah. or or uh, trade shows, but until then, we don't feel it. We yeah. don't see it. We want the love, guys. <laughs> Tweet <laughs> yeah. us. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, uh, you know, we have the bosses sitting over here, mm -hmm. uh, but what would you like personally to be included in a future product of bench warmers? I have a good one. Something right. we've been tossing around that, that isn't we're like fingers confirmed. crossed, but okay. we're hoping yeah. would Definitely. be a cosplay set. Oh, and wow. I would want That's to big. be in that. Like we are pushing so hard for this cosplay <laughs> product. So we just we we believe in it mm -hmm. so much and we're trying to get the wheels turning on that because yes. like we are freaking out about it. Yeah. We yeah. wouldn't want to see us as Sailor Moon. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean it's you know, just cosplay in general is just blowing up. Yeah. And yeah. so what better way to, you know, capitalize on it than than you girls, you know? Yeah. Hey, get get yeah. Yeah, Brian, Brian <laughs> is your bench warmer. We've got the wheels yeah. turning with yeah, them, get, so get them wheels turning. And on yeah. that note, like I, I would just like to no, say no, no, about our, our CEO Brian. Uh -huh. Our CEO works tirelessly to create mm -hmm. this product. He is one of the most uh, out of you know running a company is you know not easy for anyone. Yeah. But he is the most hands-on CEO you will ever meet of a company. Yeah. Uh, Mallory, Lisa can attest to this. He works 25 hours a day. Yeah. Every, he has such an attention to detail. If you look at these cards, nothing has gone by without him making a, a call on a color, on a texture, on a, you name it. He's always finding ways to, you know, keep enhance, yeah, enhance yeah. the product. Yeah. I mean, Lisa has, you know, been a premier bench warmer model for the course of all of these new products that yeah, you're seeing. Yeah. Okay. And I think she can really speak to just the evolution of the product, but that are, it's because our, our CEO works so hard. Yeah, yeah he it works endless hours and uh, puts a lot of creative design and it just, he's like uh, Mona Lisa. He's, <laughs> <laughs> he's in his, uh, his office creating and yeah. uh, 
coming up with uh, ideas and whatnot to yeah. on the next product Definitely. three months down the track. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's so. in a nutshell a Hugh Hefner to Playboy, but a, a mm-hmm. Mr. Benchwarmer to Benchwarmer. Ah. Yes. Or a yes. Disney to Disneyland. There, yeah, there you go. <laughs> so let's just get uh, overall consensus of the industry summit. I'm, is this your first industry summit? First for me. Okay. Um, What about y'all two? This is my third, I think. Okay. Jeez. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't want to say. Yeah. Yeah. So you're a veteran. I'm a vet. Okay. So we got some vets, some rookies. Uh, What What have y'all seen about this industry summit that's so special this year? I think it's well. I just in general about the industry summit. It's Mm -hmm. a great experience for us because it's like other shows. We're out meeting the fans, and here we're out meeting the people that you know give the fans the cards. They they give them what they want, and it's people that are hobbyists. They they really know the product. They really know everything about collectors and hobbies, and and that's just really cool because you don't find that anywhere else. Yeah, Mm -hmm. definitely. Yeah, this is my first summit, and I went to the national convention of you know trading cards, and that was my first. Mm -hmm. So I was expecting that you know that big collector base Mm -hmm. and this is totally different you know these are hobby stores these are dealers guys that are trying to capitalize on their business to be as successful as they can you know Um, yeah they're yeah they're (laughs) very focused and I'm just trying to have fun you know Uh, and it's very hard but no Uh, so Vegas I just want to talk about Vegas this also is my first time in Vegas yes yes so um, and I'm horrible at gambling and I oh already no. lost a couple hundred bucks. Don't uh, gamble. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm yeah. not. Quit. Quit. Yeah, when quit. You, yeah. When you make that win, then you back out. Yeah, that's okay. They get you. Okay. Go with a sure thing. Buy a case of Sin City. I'm going to have to <laughs> do that. Break it up. Put it on eBay. Not only we get your money back, you're going to make some money. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Then well, you don't have to gamble. You can just yeah. go with a sure thing instead. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. That was easy. That was very easy, so I'm going to have to do that. Well, let's get all y'all's Twitter handles so okay. people out there can get uh, following you guys. Okay, uh, Raquel Pomplin, my Twitter handle is at R-P-O-M-P-L-U-N. Perfect. And Mallory Mackey, mine is my name, so it's at M-A-L-O-R-I-E. Okay. M-A-C-K-E-Y. Okay. So our bench warmer Twitter is the word bench with an underscore mm-hmm. warmer okay. and then we have a new hashtag for our collectors okay. so if you get a card and you want to share it with us the hashtag is get your bench warmer nice <laughs> and okay then, uh, my handle is jessica kinney k-i-n-n-i all right and lisa glee doesn't have a handle on twitter ah. <laughs> but i am on instagram oh well instagram and that is at lisa glee okay perfect and that's spelled g-l-e-a-v-e <laughs> and uh, just Instagram in general, is that super successful for you guys as far as modeling goes? I mean, it seems like every model out there gets millions and millions of views. <laughs> so, I mean, has it been successful for you guys? I think the biggest one is Facebook. Really? I, um, Instagram, it is huge. I, I am huge on social media. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, Instagram is huge in the United States, but uh, worldwide, Facebook is the thing that, that mm-hmm. is... Um, I mean, you think about third world countries, they don't even, they, they barely have access to a computer. So yeah. the thing they're going to see is Facebook, not Instagram. Yeah. Um, but here in the States, um, Instagram is the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Twitter is right below uh, Facebook yeah. uh, worldwide. But I, I stay true to Facebook. There you go. You got to stay true to Facebook, especially because yeah. I have the most followers there. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, 1.1 million, yay. There Thank you, you go. guys. <laughs> Well, I only have 200, so I don't know what oh, it's like. Oh, we will help you. You know, that would be so... Repost. Does yes. everybody know your Twitter handle? It's, it's your at Derek underscore Ficken12. Okay. 
Okay. Okay. So okay. that's it's super easy, but maybe I'm just not interesting. Or I, I have a face for radio. <laughs> Y'all have a face for everything. You actually have a face for camera. Oh, too. thank yeah. you. I appreciate. He's very it. handsome. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> well, ladies, I really appreciate y'all coming on. And, and that accent too. Oh, <laughs> 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 and uh, if you ever want to talk trading cards, call into the show. We'll have some fun. I mean, I, everyone out there loves you guys. Um, and so, call. yeah, <laughs> so, so they'll love that, but I appreciate y'all coming on and have a good one. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank, yeah. Thank you. So I told you that was my favorite interview of, of the industry summit. Uh, just, just having those ladies on, uh, to talk about trading cards and, and to talk about their interests in the hobby. You know, it's, it's, you know, like I said, it, it's, it's interesting to see, how these models talk about trading cards because some people just think they're a pretty face. And of course they are a pretty face, uh, but they're, they're also uh, just an amazing individual. You know, they're, they, they know so much about the hobby. As you can tell, Jessica has tremendous knowledge about bench war. They all do, but Jessica alone knew what she was talking about. Um, she was all business, but we had a lot of fun and it was awesome to talk to them. I would love to interview them more when certain products of bench warmers come out and I know they would be super interested but if you guys want to check them out on Twitter they're extremely active on there as well as Instagram but Jessica Mallory and Raquel have uh, Twitters so Jessica's Twitter is Jessica Kinney J-E-S-S-I-C-A-K-I-N-N-I Mallory Mackey's Twitter was M-A-L-O-R-I-E M-A-C-K-E-Y and Raquel's Twitter is R-P-O-M- P-L-U-N. Lisa is extremely active on Instagram, so check her out. Uh, But yeah, I just want to just say thank you to to those ladies. I know they were super busy in in doing all the stuff that they had to do with the dealers and and with Leaf and Benchwarmer. But they, you know, they came to the Beckett, I guess, room and just had a little fun. We talked for about 10, 15, 20 minutes. And, you know, some of it was about training cards. Some of it was about, you know, Twitter, Instagram, uh, just what it was like to be a, a model and have fans. Like I said, I don't really have a lot of fans. Hopefully that that changes. Uh, you know, I only have a couple hundred followers on, on Twitter. And, you know, you have girls, you know, like, I don't know, Raquel has like, I don't know, 100,000 followers. Like, that's sweet. I wish I can have that many people that like me. But unfortunately, I'm not that cool. But uh, no, I had a lot of fun. Thanks to the girls, Lisa, Jessica, Mallory, Raquel. Thank you guys so much. Like I said, if you guys want to come on, if you are listening to the show, and if you want to come on, uh, just just uh, shoot me a tweet or a DM, and and we'll get this going. Uh, but yeah, guys, I am uh, I'm super glad that the week is over but i am super glad that i had the chance to go out to the industry summit this year i met a lot of cool people like you heard in the previous interviews i mean i I was covering the beckett media's twitter page but i was also doing show management uh and and just running around having fun doing all these different jobs and you know i have so much more respect for the guys who go out to these shows because it's not just all fun and games. You know, people who haven't been out to conferences, uh, they don't really know what it's like. You know, the, the time it takes to, to just get ready for these things, the time it takes to be involved like we were at a summit or a conference. It, it takes a lot of energy. And when I got home late Wednesday night and even the whole day Thursday, I was out of it. I was, I was just dead tired. But uh, we had a lot of fun at the summit, a lot of memories that I'll never forget, and a lot of interviews that I had a lot of fun with. So thanks to all the interview guests 
uh, for coming on the show. I'm going to definitely be contacting you guys to to just have some follow-up interviews and see how everything's going because uh, the connections I make, I will never uh, I will never just kind of let them go away. You know, they're connections I make and we'll have they're here to stay. So there's that. But uh, thanks, everyone, for checking out Beckett Radio. I had a lot of fun. I hope you guys had a lot of fun listening. Uh, and we'll, we'll have an all-new episode next week of, you know, just your, your, your typical hobby news, stories, and, and new products, new releases. So it's going to be a lot of fun. But I am done. I, I am done for the week. I am off to Cleveland for a nice little family vacation for a couple days. That is definitely needed after this kind of week. But, uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for checking out Beckett Radio. If you guys want to follow me on Twitter, at Derek underscore Ficken12. That's at D-E-R-E-K underscore F-I-C-K-E-N-1-2. I talk about trading cards, but I also talk a lot about sports, food, uh, general life uh, statements. Uh, and last night I was talking about Billy Madison. So if you guys like Billy Madison, check it out. Uh, I'm a huge fan. But uh, thanks, everyone, for checking out Becca Radio. Like I said, I'm your host, Derek Ficken. We'll see you guys later. Have a good one. Thank you.